What's going What's on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode 85, and DCEU in review, episode 11. We're Google checking this right now. Uh, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter and all the social medias, and sitting across from me on an actual physical table is John Swansong Parker. What's up, buddy? He's uh, Googling to see if we're actually right and that there are, in fact, 11 DCEU films, uh, but we don't know. There's no answer. It's 11. It's 11. Cool. Because there's two Justice Leagues. Yes, it's 11 if you count Justice League twice, which we do because they're different movies. Yeah, because one is one is a good movie and one is a uh, garbage fire. One of them is, a, is uh, basically a commercial. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, a over-color-saturated commercial. Yes. If you like the show, you can follow us in a number of ways. Go to Radiovania.com or go to RadioVaniaShow at gmail.com to send us in your questions, comments, and concerns. I will check the mailbox at some point in the show. Uh, Connor, where are you? We keep nagging you. You used to send us great emails. Nothing's happened. It's a real bummer. We, we, we don't like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you got to start sending some emails. He just uh, doesn't love us anymore. And then go to YouTube.com, Radiovania, there to see all of our videos, all of our funny old clips, like Drunk Man Recreates a Speech from the Dark Knight. It's a classic. Classic. Showed it to a new user last night. Yes, yes, yes. We're expanding the fan base. <laughs> expanding the family. Yeah. I, got, I, don't got, I don't got fans. I got family. Yeah. Uh, we got a good show for you guys today. It's not going to be very news heavy, but we're going to talk about two major things. We're going to talk about Loki. Now that John, now that John's seen Loki, we can talk about it like Owen Wilson for the entire segment. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can talk full spoilers, so be on the lookout for that. We'll also touch on the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit that's apparently happening right now with Disney. And then we will be reviewing The Suicide Squad, the James Gunn movie. Yep, um, saw it yesterday for the first time. Yes. We went and saw it in a theater. In a theater, I think is what a they're theatre. called. Theatre. Theatre. Yeah, <laughs> if you, uh, depending on if you read it in Old English. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if there's really much to get into, John. I mean, like, what have you, do you want to say, like, are, are I you guess been, like, just watching like, anything? Yeah, yeah, anything? yeah, kicking off, like, things that I guess we've been doing that we aren't using as a main topic. Yeah, the been, last episode was our Black Widow review. So. Yeah, yeah, I've been watching the newest season of Rick and Morty every mm -hmm. week that it comes out. It's obviously as, as stellar as usual. Uh, I've been watching The Bad Batch every week. They have they're almost done, right? They have one more episode next Friday, um, or I guess this Friday, I should say. And that'll be the season finale. I don't know if it's getting renewed for season two. It, it depends on how it ends. Because it could end with all of them, like, Rogue One style getting destroyed. They haven't, like, said, like, a, they haven't done, like, a Rogue One pitch for the show where they're like, we just want this to be, like, a standalone thing. Or they kind of... That might be open. what it is. If that is, though, I don't I don't know for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about it, though. I'm behind on all the comic readings, so nothing much going there. Played Plague's Tale Innocence uh, on PS5 for the free monthly game. Played that for a couple of hours, and I've been diving back into Battlefront 2, which is kind of fun, uh, and then I'll probably get burnt out from it after a couple of days. So As one does. I yeah. remember that time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, haven't been really doing much on my end. Like, not a whole lot of newness has come out since Black Widow. Like, no. not a whole lot of new TV shows um, or anything like that. Like, I've... Uh, I think what if starts this week right what if starts this wednesday tomorrow tomorrow oh my god <laughs> get tomorrow. hyped yeah but really it's just been loki uh oh ted lasso season two i've been watching every friday new episode on apple tv plus uh it's been really good so far uh second season not to the caliber of season one quite yet um but season one i think gets really good halfway through 
and then the second half of the first season is just like stellar. So I'm wondering if maybe season two is taking a similar approach where it's like, uh, let's start it off on kind of a more grounded sort of easygoing note, and then we'll start introducing the drama a little later on and a lot of the more like the comedy and the heart. So, but we'll see. Ted Lasso is awesome. Um, uh, video games. I've been playing. I'm still working my way through Skyward Sword HD, the remaster remake for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't love that game. I've heard it's not the best. Zelda I don't game. love that game. Do you not like the, the 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 world, like the cloud worlds or whatever it is? I've, I've never played it. So yeah, I never played it when it was on Wii. So just get, now getting around to it on the Switch, like I like the design of the world. Okay. And I like the music, and I like the art style, and okay. I like the characters. So par for the course. Par for Zelda the course stuff. for Zelda stuff. Yeah. What I don't like is there are so many convoluted puzzles. Oh. Puzzles that I usually in a Zelda game can figure, can out. figure out. But there are some in that game where I'm like, how the fuck were you supposed to expect me <laughs> to figure this shit out. So I've had to look up walkthroughs online multiple oh, wow. times. Wow. Okay. Um, there, I'm going to spoil a puzzle. You care. go to a door where you need to get past a, a locked door, but the gate closes every time you show up because there's an eye above the door, a stone eye with yeah. an eyeball. Yeah. Don't you shoot, the, shoot it with an arrow? No. No? No. Do you know what you have to do? I tried for 20 minutes to figure this shit out. What do you do? You have to hold your sword and spin it so the eye gets dizzy and then falls off. That's really cool. It's cool, I guess, but I was <laughs> like, how the out. fuck am I supposed to know I that? I didn't know that you can spin your sword. That, is that a new... So the game came the out on the Wii control. and it was the motion controls, but I'm not playing with motion controls because I'm not a pussy. Wow. So I <laughs> hard, hard pee on that. So I've been, I've been playing on uh, like the handheld mode mostly and using the stick controls, which the right stick controls your sword. Flick right, slash right, flick left, slash left. Mm. But then you can also move your sword around, and the thing is, is that yeah, you hold your sword up, and he goes yeah, and you get the sky the skyward strike, and he goes and your sword powers up. But I didn't know you're supposed to like wave your stick around like a dingus in front of this eyeball to get through the gate. Wow, Amazing. so I don't know. The game is not hooked me. Like I, I I keep putting I keep looking at my switch on the couch, and I'm like, should I finish you? Should I play you? Wow. I don't know if I want to. I spent $60 on you because Nintendo's fucking crazy. We got a special guest star on the show tonight, Ted. What's up, Ted? What's up, Ted? He's making sure we're safe. Yeah, he's protecting us from the ghost. Um, There's definitely a benevolent ghost in this house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We have a cat, too, Franklin. He'll just walk into a corner and look up and go like, <laughs> And we're like, come on. <laughs> you ever hiss at the ghost? Yeah, it's like alien. The cat always knows. The cat always knows. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it's like Dr. Sleep. <laughs> that cat that lays by people as they die yeah yikes um all right well i say we shat delay the inevitable yeah let's do it uh now that john has seen loki mm-hmm. um full spoilers you you can go back to the last episode and read like my spoiler free you can listen to my spoiler free surface level thoughts but to not waste any additional time i think we should just jump right into spoilers yeah sounds good what was your review of Loki? Uh, I, I thought it was really good. Um, so this is our third dive into live-action Disney Plus Marvel shows. Yeah. Um, I would say I don't know if I don't know if it's my favorite out of all of them. That's kind of still up in the air. It really comes and goes on depending on what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely really well made. Great, great Tom Hiddleston Loki, probably premier Loki. 
I think, rivaling up there with the first Avengers movie and or Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, um, I'd say it's the I'd say it's the best. It's, movie I mean, it's just you always get that with these TV shows where you get more film exposure with with him being the lead. Yeah. Um, Owen Wilson as as Mobius, fabulous, fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's looking he's looking really cool though with that. Now that he doesn't have like that mop head like Jim Halpert from The Office <laughs> in like the mid two thousands, he's I like that crew cut and the mustache. He looks fantastic. Um, d- what's her name? B fifteen, the guard. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you notice that that's the woman from Batman v Superman that says? He answers to no one, not even, no, I think, no to way, God. No way, that's her? Yeah, yeah. What? I saw her and I immediately, I, I thought of that scene and I, I was like... not I, even only to God. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. But she was great. She's great in the show, um, yeah. Obviously, we got to talk about the multiple Lokis diving into the multiverse yeah. and, and other timelines. Yeah, lots of things I don't yeah. un- understand fully. Um, it's just like, it's like Rick and Morty, but in the yeah, Marvel Universe, like you know, there can be multiple versions of this person. Uh Sylvie's fantastic. I don't know all the actors' names, so I apologize in advance, but she was really good. Um, I love Richard E. Grant as the classic, like, Silver Age Loki with the huge... Purpose. Yeah, the so huge awesome, horns. Man, it's so um, awesome. I was really sad when he died. I'm sure they'll do a spinoff with him or something eventually, because that's cool. just... We're just now in this domino effect where you get introduced in a spin-off show that it gets its own spin-off show and yeah. it's happening with both Marvel um, and Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and then King at the end. King. Yeah, it's a big thing. His big King reveal. That scene is really interesting, I think. Um, I'm going to say I love the potential ramifications for Phase 4 and I'm glad that they're doing it in the two streaming shows to set up. I know that probably wasn't their first foray into Phase 4, but since Black Widow takes place in the past, I think those shows is really what's kicking off what Phase 4 is going to be, which is dealing with like the mystical and, and space-time aspects of the Marvel Universe, which is you know going to open the door up for a lot of fun things that yeah, hopefully sure. we get in Spider-Man and, and Doctor Strange. And yeah. Yeah, I'll Maybe say even Eternals a little bit. Um, that ending sequence, like just to talk about the thing that we haven't been able to talk about, like from the moment Loki and Sylvie walk into the the castle, mm-hmm. the place at the end of time, mm-hmm. from that moment to the end of the show, I think is some of the best Marvel that there's ever been. Like, oh, yeah. oh and Miss Minutes, Tara, yes, Tara, Tara Strong, Strong as as Miss Minutes, awesome. she was great. Howdy, y'all. Yeah, I love <laughs> I love the kind of like Mister DNA Jurassic Park. Dino DNA. Yeah, yeah, he was great. All right, and uh, so was so was Miss Minutes. Yeah, I loved. Again, like just to to circle back. Kang the Conqueror. Don't know the actor's name. That was the most. You just they hung on that monologue, hmm. for so long, and it reminded me of. I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. I think it was Andrew Scott who played Moriarty in the Sherlock show with Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Gave me the similar sorts of vibes. Did you ever watch Sherlock? Nope. Okay, so when they introduced Moriarty... I saw the Robert Downey Jr. movies. Oh, boy. With, with Jude Law. <laughs> you don't you like those movies? They're all right. They're, I think they're those goofy. I think those movies are very, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, like, sure. can't be fun. The score was really good. I always yeah. really liked the score. Yeah, it's great. Um, But anyway, they introduced Moriarty in that show, and they just let this amazing actor chew the scenery and have this amazing monologue and I think that they just let this guy loose they and they were cook. like yeah. they're like he's like moving around and 
He's he's like oh does a lot of good stuff yeah does a lot of good stuff with his hands yeah he's a good there's this there's this weird thing for me where I'm like can you eat and act at the same time and there's only a couple people that can pull that off and he's like munching on that apple and he does a good job there's only a few people that I think can talk with a mouthful of food and deliver their lines well Brad Pitt's the other one because in the oceans movies he's just snacking constantly. He's a good on-screen eater yeah. for sure. Sun Lord, King. Lord Denethor, obviously. Lord in Denethor. Of the King. <laughs> Come sing me a sing song. A song. Uh, Gimli, uh, yeah. So okay, but yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was he, great. He was um, really good. Did you? Let me ask you this. Yeah, you probably had no idea who Kang was. No fucking clue. right. So you, because remember, I texted you. Yes. I was like, I got two episodes left. I bet you Kang's <laughs> been running the TVA, and you didn't respond to me, which I was like, hmm. He's just trying to wait until I'm done, probably. But I was validated, and I felt good yes. about that. That was pretty cool. I didn't know a way to respond that would be like, yeah. I don't know because it's like I'm sure you know you knew the spoiler. Like you could have not you knew the spoiler, but you you were predicting it. I had no idea. So when this dude shows up, I was expecting. Well, he never even calls himself King, though. No. So like, unless he calls himself the Conqueror, the Conqueror, you know, ruler, all this kind of stuff. But the statue he at the remains. end, yeah, the statue at the end in the new TVA is what really seals the deal. But they still, I like that they still don't say his name, um, for us nerds to kind of be like, "Ooh, it's King." And then other, my mom, if she watches the end it's of it, like, it's gonna be like, "Who the fuck is this man?" Who, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what my mom sounds like. Yeah, so that was really cool, and even though I kind of figured it was coming, the way they handled it was great, yes. because I was expecting them to walk in the castle, and him to be standing there in the green and purple suit, mm-hmm. and with his like ray gun and stuff like that, but instead, I love the idea of like even some of our most famous villains have variants, because now we can give variants of Thanos, and like all these people, you know what I mean, if they want to... The door is open, but I think that that's such an interesting idea to be like, our first exposure to Kang is like the quote-unquote good variant of Kang, who is more of a benevolent kind of like per- per- person tasked with a greater purpose. It's a little you know kooky, I mean? little yeah. whiny, little 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 whine, like wily, if you will. Yeah, I love just how everything he said. It was like so purposeful. Mm-hmm. His his monologue and the, the moment where it's like he gets all quiet and he's like. It just happened. He's mm-hmm. like, we've just. He's like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Past yep. this point, I was yeah. like, this is fucking awesome. This yeah. is so fucking rad. That was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I do agree. Like, it waffles for me. Like, I think I like Wandavision better because it's such a grounded, emotional, unique story for yeah, a superhero. This is more about the world. Yes, yeah. this, this is spectacle. Like Loki, actually, Loki has a budget. Like that's the show looked great. Like. It looked great. There was no dodgy CGI, I think, whatsoever. The action set pieces were great. They were, I don't know, I, I thought it looked spectacular. So it felt more like a movie. And I think what I liked about WandaVision is that it felt so grounded. And it, even yeah. though with it being like so, uh, again, like kind of like kooky with like all the throwback TV shows and like being kind of weird, kind of like a David Lynchian sort of vibe like in WandaVision. Um, but man, Loki, just so fun, so good, yeah. so glad that Tom Hiddleston is around. Like, yeah, the soundtrack is cool too. Yeah, like very, very cool. like, uh, like pop noir, like Blade Runner kind yeah. of deal, which is really sweet with yeah. synths going on. Yeah, and just the set design too, the way that the TVA looks. Yeah, it's a hotel can, in Atlanta. It's uh, 
It reminds me. You can me. go there. It's it's definitely, really yeah. They oh, pic- no I think there's pictures like especially like the promenade, where the statues of the the time lords were, and then the king statue. Like that's just like a hotel lobby. Yeah. But they like right, cool. <laughs> CG a statue in there. Yeah, I loved like it. Kind of has like a little bit of like an Art Deco vibe too, and like yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just looks like cool. a Tim Burton Gotham almost. That's kind of yeah. I um the the one thing I think that we've talked about off air before is is I. I mentioned that I kind of wished it was like eight episodes so that I could have more episodes in the beginning half of like the buddy cop yes, thing that yeah, they were teeing yeah. up with, with Mobius and Loki. I think episode two where they're, they're going to different places trying to track down Sylvie was one of my favorites. And I just wanted like more of that. Like I would have loved to see them go to like the American Revolution so we could get some national treasure jokes, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's six episodes because that budget was, you know, they wanted to make sure they, high, they, yeah. they really soaked it properly. It's the same thing with The Mandalorian, why those are only eight episodes is because they got the, they got a, a feature film budget almost for every episode, it seems like. So. Yeah, it definitely feels like the pitch for the show was whoever went in and pitched this idea for a Loki, a Loki spinoff Disney Plus show was like, Loki. like, let's have Loki a new Loki kind of learn and grow but basically set it up as like a buddy cop sort of thing sure and then by the end of it it turn, it doesn't turn into that like it, that's what I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. and then yeah episode 2 ends with Him them leaving. splitting apart yeah. and I was like oh okay so that's that plot thread is kind of over and then um, it does kind of end up turning into another buddy buddy movie with Loki and Sylvie right I um, think that the third episode where they're on the planet that's about to get crushed by the moon is probably my least favorite really? of the six. Okay. Yeah. I really liked the ending of that. It's episode. great. It's beautiful. But that's like if I had to pick my least favorite. Okay. I mean, it's all really good. It's all good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I like, mean that episode it's also like picking has... which finger I want to cut off. Sure. That um, that episode has one of my favorite Loki Loki moments, like the character, which is them on the train talking, mm-hmm. where he does like he's like you relax your way and I'll relax mine and she mm-hmm. naps and then he just gets loaded yeah. <laughs> and then the, he's like singing and yeah, he's yeah, singing yeah. in as guardian to like all these people and yeah. I was so rad it was so 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 cool uh, I loved all the easter eggs too obviously they continue to do a good job with that um, like the Thanos copter and yeah yeah I, I, and I missed frog that. in the jar and uh, obviously the, the different Lokis for sure I missed the Thanos copter. Like, I think yeah. I was focused on another part of the screen. Yeah, it's, like, and, in the background. Yeah, and I was watching it with Carly, and she was, and after the episode ended, she was like, is the Thanos copter a real thing? And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and I had to rewind and, like, go back and check it out. Unfortunately, it is a real thing. It's so funny, though, the Thanos <laughs> yeah, copter. It's so campy. Um, yeah, the, and, and another thing, I don't know if you want to kind of wrap up the discussion, but, like, I think... Loki has one of the best endings to a Marvel, like any Marvel thing, where like most Marvel movies don't end on cliffhangers, except Infinity War. Like I feel yeah. like most of the Marvel movies kind of wrap up their story so that they can be self-contained. Far from home. Far from home, sure. Yeah. And like and what Spider- the what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but I just lo- like the honestly the ending of Loki reminded me a lot of Mr. Robot. Like oh really? Which is a show that I really love. That all like it seems like every episode. Where every couple episodes, there's an ending where you're like, the music is like, ratcheting up, and it's like, dun, 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 and it's like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Yeah. And it was the, it was, I mean, like the end of that show with him walking around the different TVA 
and Owen Wilson doesn't recognize him. And I was like, yeah. this is so rad. I yeah. loved it. I love. You think we get season two next year? Um, I think it just depends. There's rumors going around right now that Spider-Man may be delayed, and a lot of these Witcher movies might get pushed again. Um, I bet you they're already filming season two, though. You think so? I think they Mandalorian that shit pretty hard. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if... Because if, that, they can just drop on Disney+. Plus. You know what I mean? Like, they're pushing the movies back because they want people to come back to the theater, which we're going to talk about with Black Widow in a little certainly bit. certainly will. You like that segue? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, with that one, like Mando, Mando came out last year in the height of the pandemic, and it was a joy to all of us. So, like, next fall, if we don't have anything, God forbid... At least they can maybe drop Loki season two, and we can have something to, to chew on. I definitely think we st- we still have a lot in the pipelines that's already finished, like or like close to finished. Like I think She Hulk is wrapping production. She Hulk, Ms. Um, Marvel. Yes, Ms. Marvel is also there. So. Yeah. There's stuff Moon coming Knight, out. Moon Knight, I think, is in production, too. Which one? Moon Knight. Oh, Moon Knight, yeah. yeah. I, I did hear I that Oscar Isaac like, started. He's been training. He's yeah. t- he Instagrammed a photo of, like, the helmet or something. Did he? Or it's like, it looks like maybe the back of the costume. Is it a helmet, or is it, like, a hood? I couldn't really tell you. It better not be a helmet. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I if they did the pink sock mask with, with Zemo, they can do that. Oh, pink they sock could do the Zemo. Hood. Pink sock Zemo. But, yeah, segue. Nice segue to talk Thank about you. putting people back in the movie theaters. Yeah, uh, so we've been going to the movie theaters. So we saw Black Widow at Gateway, mm-hmm. and then yesterday we just went to the closest AMC to mm-hmm. see the Suicide Squad. Yep. Um, ding dong. Just got an Amazon text on my That's his burner phone. That's my he, burner. He communicates with Jeff Bezos in space. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> uh, so how do I turn on Do Not Disturb? There it is. Always on. Um, this is a great the Wall Street great Journal <laughs> uh, wrote an article. Um, where's the date? July. It was last updated July 29th, 2021. Uh, headline says, reads as this, John. Scarlett Johansson sues Disney over Black Widow streaming release. Mm-hmm. Um, the article goes on to say, Black Widow has a new enemy, the Walt Disney Company. Scarlett Johansson star of the latest Marvel movie, Black Widow, filed a lawsuit Thursday in Los Angeles Superior Court against Disney, alleging her contract was breached when the media giant released the film on Disney Plus streaming services at the same time as its theatrical debut. Ms. Johansson said that in the suit, her agreement with Disney's Marvel Entertainment guaranteed an exclusive theatrical release, and her salary was based in a large part on the box office performance of the film. Yeah, Quote, like most, most actors and directors now, for big budget stuff, that's how they... Mm-hmm. Negotiate. That's you know. That's probably how they got Harrison Ford to come back to the Force Awakens. I bet. Certainly. Oh, I bet his contract hinged largely on that movie yeah. crushing it at the box office. Quote: Disney intentionally induced. Mar- that's a word. Never, never heard it read in a sentence like that. Quote. Disney intentionally induced Marvel's breach of the agreement without justification in order to prevent Mr. Hansen from realizing the full benefit of her bargain with Marvel. End quote. Mm-hmm. That was the leading line from the lawsuit. Um, a Disney spokesperson said that Mr. Johansson's suit had no merit. This is the most interesting part. This, of this is when it gets crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So a Disney spokesperson said Mr. Johansson's lawsuit had no merit and is, quote, especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. <laughs> Disney's just trying to gaslight ScarJo. <laughs> End quote. The company said that it, quote, fully complied with Mr. Johansson's contract and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. End quote. 
to read the full story, you need to subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. But we got all the main bits there. Twenty million already, though, is insane. Yeah, it's insane. That's a that's, high. That's, that's a high insane. salary. I think wasn't it like Robert Downey Jr. had the highest MCU single actor salary? Thirty. I think it was thirty or forty. I think it was thirty for for like Civil War, and then by the time we got to Endgame, it was up to like forty mil. Yeah, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. So, John, without sugarcoating it, this mm. is a this this story is interesting in very in a few different ways yeah i think there's a lot of layers to this for sure to kind of unpack here yeah part of me wonders as well because we talked about this i think when when we reviewed black widow i think the box office is not performing as well for the movie because disney said that on disney plus it would be premiere access at first but then they were going to drop it on the streaming service what like in a month or two so a lot of people are just waiting until it comes out for free on Disney Plus instead of paying the $30 for the premiere pass. Yeah, this is something interesting that I'd love to see a, like a, a, a survey for of like adult Americans aged 18 to 35 or whatever, like that middle age, that like demographic or whatever, where I think people are getting more patient with waiting for things. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because there's just, so much shit well, and everywhere we just spent, all the time. We just spent a year being locked up in our house. I feel like patience is kind of like an all-time high for a large portion of people yeah. that might not have once felt that way about going to see a movie. So Black Widow had a production budget of $200 million, uh, and the worldwide box office so far is 1.8 times its production budget. So the worldwide box office is... Three hundred and fifty million dollars, roughly three hundred fifty-one million dollars. They have probably not broken even yet. Definitely not, because usually, like we say on all episodes, to find out what a a movie needs to break even or make profit, you take the production budget and multiply it by two to account for marketing. Because Mm -hmm. usually, marketing costs as much, if not more, than the movie costs to produce. Mm -hmm. So, Black Widow probably had an all-together budget, including marketing, of four hundred million dollars. So. Yeah, they're chomping at that three hundred and fifty million. They still need fifty million more to break even, really. Here. Plus, you have to think how much they've lost on marketing it three times. Yes. So yes, it might have. even be it might even be worse in the hole. Like they we made, don't know. They made they made at least like three or four trailers for that, and yeah. then. And here's the thing: then you probably... have posters and ads and in, in, in sure. comics that say would say like you know May first, twenty twenty, or whatever it was originally supposed to come out last summer. So yeah, all of that costs uh, Disney a ton of money. And the thing is that we'll probably never know. We'll never know mm-hmm. where exactly this movie lies. Any in whistleblower the is just gonna yeah, get shot gonna with get... a poison dart. Right? From, yeah, <laughs> Goofy's on a roof somewhere. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> Mickey told me to put you in the back and put a... No. <laughs> uh, so here's an interesting thing to think about, too. Just in terms of profitability and for like the money that it's made in terms of Disney properties and superhero stuff, it's the 56th highest su- worldwide box office for a superhero movie. That's pretty low. I didn't think that there was 56 superhero movies. <laughs> the all-time worldwide box office for half of Disney them are movie. MCU, so that makes sense. It's the 81st Disney movie on the list in terms of money. So 80 movies above it have made more money than Black Widow. 80. That's a lot of movies. I, I, I applaud them for trying to release it and to get us in the theaters. I had a great time seeing it. We had a great, a great time. The, if they really wanted it to perform like a Marvel movie usually does, though, I think they would have had to wait longer. I don't think so. we're... We're definitely not out of the woods yet. We're in an unprecedented time right now. 
I don't think Shang-Chi's going to perform that well either. Nope. I, I bet you Eternals so. is going to bomb because that... I think you're excited. I'm excited. But so. that's, a, that's a property that a lot of people are really having no no knowledge of and unless they're a super marvel fan like yourself they're not going to go out and see it just to yeah. continue the next chapter yeah they are banking if i'm if i'm in if i'm a disney executive i'm banking on the fact that eternals i greenlit in turtles in turtles in turtle <laughs> we're tired we're a little Calabunga, dude. yeah uh i i would green light eternals based on the fact that we've got a oscar winning director behind the project and we have an ensemble cast and maybe we surprise people and get a Guardians effect. I think you will, but it's like... if you Now is not the right time. No, and if you ask a kid, like, kids are not interested in the Eternals right now. No. No. At least Shang-Chi, like, the trailer for that is appealing to kids because there's, like, fun fighting. Yeah, and it's a martial arts film. It's, like, really... Like, those are always intriguing. This is... This seems like such a philosophical, like, breakdown of... Sure. What makes good versus evil in the Marvel Universe. It's, like, ancient history and all this stuff. I think it's gonna be a very... I bet you it's gonna be beautiful. Sure. But I think it's gonna bomb drastically. Or get delayed. Yeah, that's true, too. There's always the chance. I think, they, I think Shang-Chi is the last one that we can guarantee will be in theaters. I think because the f- it's next month. Yeah, I think the first movie that Marvel has coming down the pipeline that's actually going to make money is Spider-Man. Christmas, though. I mean, I think pe- the dead I think of winter that may, in, well, a, in the second wave of COVID, I th- like, I, I don't think, know. I think I it'll know. still bring people out of the woodwork. That's such a household name. Sure. It's such a slam dunk. Here's the thing. Th- especially if they make it solely a theater, which would suck. Sony's going to. Sony, Sony I mean, Sony has gonna, the distributing yeah, rights for yeah, that. They're so going to be like, like yeah, guess what? You can't watch it on Disney Plus because the other two are not on Disney Plus. So you're going to have to go see it in a the theater. Yeah. Just like, let there be carnage, baby. Oh, that's that's something. That we, yeah, that trailer. We can talk about that I don't trailer really want to talk for about 10 that seconds. It's it bad. sucks. Yeah. Uh, Move on. So swinging back around, we didn't really finish. Like we got kind of distracted on like the money aspects of Marvel, but like on the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit, like where do you come down on? Where do you come down on? I, I don't want to say like whose side are you on. Listen, because we're we're talking about multi. Everyone involved in this is greedy. And, yes, but when if I have to pick a side, if they breached her contract, they breached her contract, and. I know, I know we're living in a time that they're going to have to play different rules and Disney's trying to be profitable, but I mean, you, you essentially have just burned a bridge with one of your bankable stars. That, that's, and I know, that I think is the most egregious offense of this entire and I And I know that she, her character could probably never come back because of, you know, her being dead in Endgame and, and she got her solo film, but that seems like, that seems such like such a sad loss too have this person that's been such like a, a, a good role model for the for the female characters for a long time until they started to introduce more of them to just be like, oh yeah, she doesn't care about the pain. Like they're just, they're just, that, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. so rude. And it's just, whoever goes, that spokesperson is no longer works. Oh, Bob Iger killed that person. <laughs> he, he brought him into his office and he popped his head like the mountain and uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think Bob saw that and he's like, who, who, who said this? <laughs> Bring him in. <laughs> he has like a switch on his desk and it, I like wouldn't all be, the doors yeah, I wouldn't be offices. surprised if, uh, if Bob Iger is like real world Wilson Fisk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's the, here's the thing is that, yeah, I, I never, it's hard for me to pick sides in a, in a, in a thing where all these people are just millionaires. They're all fighting over money that I don't have. <laughs> yeah. And, so, but here's the thing is that, 
I don't believe that when the when when the decision happened to to put this on Disney Premier Plus, the spokesperson clearly says she has opportunity. Quote. The release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. That is something you would write in a contract. So it, it, it's weird to me that this story blew up because someone asked someone about that. Whether or not Scarlett Johansson was paying attention because she was also – she has kids and a family and other film roles and other things that she's doing, press stuff. Someone must have told her at some point through some form of communication, email, text, or otherwise, that, hey, this movie's coming out on Disney Plus and you will gain additional compensation from the sales of that film on Disney Plus. Now, when that happened, I would have assumed that there would have been a fight about that. Why didn't we hear that? So I just think that this is weird. I just think that this is yeah. So all I'm saying is I think that this is weird that this is coming out now. This is an interesting thing though with the the direct to streaming because this this similar story without a lawsuit happened when um, both with Tenet and when HBO Max was like, guess what? Warner Brothers is dropping all their 2021 theater movies direct for no extra cost. Wasn't. I think it was Denis Villeneuve was like was like wait Chris Nolan re- was outspoken about it too. Well, right? yeah, but I think the, Denis was like wait you're gonna release Dune, potentially the greatest epic cinematic piece of our time on a TV screen at home. Like, I understand where they're coming from. That sure. they, these artists care about how their art is perceived, but when it comes down to it, I think going back to ScarJo, Disney breached her contract, and from a legal standpoint, I think she has every right to be able to sue them. And I bet you they'll settle up with her just to bury the hatchet because this has unearthed other people who have been approaching where they are potentially thinking about suing too. Like Emily Blunt with the Jungle Cruise movie. I think they said Emma Stone with Cruella because that movie bombed. That movie tanked. Yeah. Dude, that Um, movie tanked. I think Dwayne Johnson, I don't think, takes salary from Disney movies now. I think they just continue to give him an island somewhere. So I think he's he's fine with whatever – he asked him to promote his tequila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have exactly. you had that? No, is it? You think no, it's good? I, I want to try it sometime. Yeah. I wonder if it makes you sweat <laughs> just drinking it. I don't know. Just all damp. I watched him make a margarita on like his YouTube feed with his own tequila, and the the shaker bottle looks like <laughs> it looks like a Coke can in his hands. Like he's just a monster of a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to finish out the the ScarJo suing Disney talk, I I agree. I think that there will be a settling outside of court, some sort of thing. I would be shocked if this gets if this gets drawn out. Can you imagine the vitriol? I would love the it. sheer vitriol. I kind of would love to see it too. I want to like, see just see Disney not back down over what? How much do you think that? How much do you think that she would ask? Twenty mil, just double, just double, double. Her money. Yeah. I say you shit out twenty million dollars every day. Like, just give her the money. Like. Avoid this situation at all costs to make things worse. I think you got to do that, but the I think last you, thing I you think you got to apologize to. I, I do agree directly to her, like, and I think it should be public. Yeah, the last thing that you want the something that could destroy the success because the Marvel movies everyone's saying forever. It's been saying since two thousand eight. Superhero fatigue, superhero fatigue. People are gonna get tired of these movies at some point. They're gonna bottom out. 
Well, guess what? It's 2021 in the year of our Lord, and these movies still make money. Even though that they're not making crazy money because of the pandemic, they're still making more money than God. So, so I mean, it's the most profitable pandemic movie yep. up until maybe this past weekend. Um, so, and we'll talk about that when we talk about the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, the thing, money is not a problem for these Marvel movies. They will continue to make money and be successful, even without people like Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson. But what will kill these franchises is these personalities splitting it apart. Yeah. Like, once you have people that are like, oh, I don't, uh, uh, this is a bad, you know, like, they're hard to work for, they're, 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 they're not fair, they're, they're not compensating us correctly. We're in these huge movies, but we're not being treated fairly. Crew comes forward. Writers come forward. Directors come forward. The whole thing melts apart. Yeah. Um, you start getting people that like start viewing the Marvel movies as like, I don't know, sin. Mm. And that's kind of what happened with DCU stuff too. Like fall apart because you have these directors that, you know, they don't, they don't, they speak poorly on their own projects. Yep. So it's like, I don't know. That's the last thing I would want. I, I want these movies to keep going forever if they have good stories to tell, but I would hate for it to unravel because of yeah. bad relationships. I'm sure Kevin Feige is, is, is going to help her get her money. By I think he has so much leverage there that he could be like, you know, if you don't give her X I'll amount, walk I'm away. walking. I'm going to go I'm gonna go work at, you know, <laughs> fucking Amazon Plus. Kevin said he always would go to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And rest on a, on a grateful universe. <laughs> that would be insane. All right, John. Let's, let's switch gears. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania's <laughs> DCEU in Review. That's right, DCEU in Review. We rank and review every single movie in the DC Extended Universe Cinematic Universe. John, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. So soon, too. So soon. Yeah. One last time. One, one, <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's not the last time. I think we're going to keep doing this sporadically throughout yeah. time. What yeah. is the next DCEU movie? Is it Shazam? Uh, Fury of the Gods, Batman. That doesn't count. It's, ah, not a DC, count it. it's not a DCEU movie, though. It's part we'll of the talk extended about it, universe. Obviously. I just don't think it's part of the Snyderverse. Yeah, that's true. I think there's two time. There's now two timelines, three timelines, because you got Joker, you get the Batman. What am I gonna do with all these Batman? Yeah, and then <laughs> so there's so many Batman. There's Snyderverse. Yes. So yikes. Tendrils everywhere. Suicide Squad. Today we're reviewing the Suicide Squad. The the key emphasis on the the emphasis on the the released Friday. August. Where's the date? August sixth. Yeah, August sixth, twenty twenty one. Directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, uh, director, writer of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Volume 2, uh, Super with Rain Wilson, uh, old trauma movies, he, was in, he directed a lot of those, Tromeo and Juliet, uh, mm-hmm. what else, what else has James Gunn done of, of late? Couldn't tell you. That's He's been a little busy. Been with, a little busy. Uh, Fighting off the Twitter, the Twitter attackers and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, clocks in at 2 hours and 12 minutes, um... John, spoiler free, I guess, to start. Well, yeah, yeah, so yeah, sure. We do the spoiler free talk, and then we'll do, I guess, like all of our normal bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the suicide squad, I should say this first while we're doing numbers and everything. Uh, production budget not announced yet. So there's no production budget announced for this thing. And I would love to talk about like how oh, much this thing cost. This um, thing looked like it was expensive. It looks like they built <laughs> the Corto Maltese. Yeah, they, they built <laughs> I think an they island. made an island, yeah. Um, it was filmed in Atlanta, though, so I don't know where they filmed that. Probably Savannah or something. Yeah. Opened in 4,002 theaters. Um, 
And so far. And released on HBO Max. And released on HBO Max for free. No additional cost. No additional cost. Yep. So long. far, it has a domestic box office of $26 million. Yeah. And an international box office of 44, yeah. making the total worldwide take after its opening weekend $71 million. This, this movie's gonna lose so much money. It's insane. And it's so unfortunate, but yeah. we will talk about that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, uh, there, I, I, I've been searching around trying to find some sort of box office information. Uh, Variety published an article on the 9th saying why the Suicide Squad stumbled at the box office. Um, little thing called the Delta variant. Little thing called COVID, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy thing called COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Delta variants caused the ca- its cases to surge. Um, in an interview with Variety last week, John Fithian, I think I'm pronouncing that right, the head of National Association of Theater Owners, NATO, acknowledged concerning lack of consumer confidence. But as more people get vaccinated, he's hoping moviegoers will return. Quote, that confidence level has very much improved with rising vaccination rates. I hope that de- the Delta dip, let's call it that, is short term. End quote. The Delta dip. The Delta I dip. Like is is I, I like that. I like that. John Fithian. This John Fithian guy. This guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, John. Spoiler free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you think of the Suicide Squad? That was great. It's... Whether you watch it at home or, or, or go to see the theater, just watch it. It's. I think it could stand on its own without being connected to the DCEU. Totally. Which is the movies in the DCEU that I like the most. Sure. Like this, Shazam, Wonder Woman, uh, when they're not relying on Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck to be there. Although we love both of them. Um, it's, it's dark, it's funny, it's extremely violent. Mm-hmm. But it's also a really great example of like if you have a good director and you have a good writer, they can flesh out characters that you normally would not give a shit about. Yeah. Uh, so very similar to Guardians 1 where people were like, I don't know Drax, I don't know Groot, I don't know Gamora. And then now these are like household names. Um, I know for me, I'm a big DC Comics fan and I still probably didn't know 70% of the people in there. I know he created some new ones, which is kind of cool. I'm interested to see like the comic book ramifications from that. Sure. But uh, we can talk more about the individual performances as as we go along, but some really good ones here. And uh, I mean, it's in the trailer. What else can I say? But they made a movie with Starro the Conqueror in it, which is just insane. And it worked. Totally, which is yeah. which is also insane that it would have worked. Yeah, this movie is uh, this movie is one of those movies where you know it has no right being as good as it is mm-hmm. with the with the plot that it has and mm-hmm. the very setting. streamlined plot too. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of time jumps, which I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to like the story, just, like the plot and the and, yeah. and spoilers. The transitions and stuff like that. those are amazing. But. Um, yeah, I think that this is a much must. I think this is the first must watch DCEU movie, and that's saying a lot because I don't mm. really think that there's another DCEU movie I, that's a must watch. Maybe Shazam. I think Shazam and Wonder Woman are must watch for the historical for Wonder Woman yeah. at least. I thought that Snyder Cut was a must watch because of it being a piece of history. So it depends. Sure. Are you defining okay, yeah, must yeah. watch as like this is good, so you must watch it, or like think, you must watch it because of the discourse? I think most people will enjoy this movie if they give it a chance yeah i think that suicide i think that snyder cut appeals to a very specific group of people it does but it also appeals to people that hate that stuff to be like sure why why is this still happening why is this happening (laughs) yeah i don't know man so 
yeah, my surface level the Suicide Squad. It's like, yeah, this is a great movie, and it's mm-hmm. such a shame that the it DCEU, probably won't make money. The DCU doesn't deserve this movie. <laughs> oh, it's way bad, dude. I mean, like, spoilers. This is easily the best DCEU movie, and we're gonna talk about that when we get to rankings. But like, I just think that this movie is compare. We're gonna compare. Sorry, forgive me, but we're gonna compare this movie to Suicide Squad 20, quite a bit. 2016's hot trash. Yeah, this movie is leagues le- not it's not even close it's, on a it's whole not other planet. even close yeah. to that movie like I, i'm sorry and we talked about this like i am not sorry <laughs> we, yeah we talked about this david over, ayer i know you're going through some stuff i believe you but i'm not sorry no that i'm movie's not sorry horrible. that movie's terrible it's bad it's yeah. and it, it, that movie is the product of too many cooks in the kitchen appeal to an audience that we we've never appealed to before make it edgy make it dark make it gritty don't no there's no substance it's all flash and no substance and terrible writing and terrible music and terrible acting and terrible everything the script is awful and this movie just shows what you can do with a good director behind a project like James Gunn clearly had a vision for what he wanted this movie to be he was relentless it's violent as fuck it's bloody it's gruesome it's really funny um in a dark in a dark twisted way yeah yeah. uh a lot of like black humor in this. Lot, yeah, sure. a lot of dark humor for sure. But like, I I thought it was great. I can't wait to see it again. Full of surprises. Yes. Um, it's not afraid to take risks. No one is safe. No one is <laughs> safe. Pretty much, unless you're Margot Robbie. Yeah, and this is what is, I, who is obviously like their Iron Man essentially. Yeah, and this is what I was talking with uh, John here in the car yesterday about is that something that this movie did really well that James Gunn I think is really good at is making their making stakes that you care about where I was worried about certain characters at certain points because I started to like them Mm -hmm. and I was like anyone could be killed at any moment Mm -hmm. and I started to get really anxious at certain fight scenes because I was like oh my god like I could see them just killing this person right now yeah and you know, I thought that that's sometimes great. They that's did, what sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. <laughs> yeah, and that's what you need. That's what that's a, that's compelling storytelling. Like, yeah. I, I I don't know, man. I I could sing the praises of this movie to the high heavens. Like, I think it was just awesome. Like, yeah, I agree. I can't wait. This is like, I mean, James Gunn, man, he's great. I'm glad he's making Guardians three. I hope it. I hope it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that's a fear. It's like, and now there's like talks like. There was a, a interviewer that asked like James Gunn about it if he would work on any future DC properties, and he said like, you know, we've had discussions, and I'm open to you know everything. Like, uh, can it, you it imagine the right steal, project if they steal him from Marvel? They, that Kevin Feige would would never get over it. I don't well, think. I think, yeah. But if there was a person that, like, I know that they're trying to make uh, Matt Reeves kind of like champion this Batman thing, and like they want him to be their new Chris Nolan. Yeah. But imagine James Gunn behind the wheel of a DC universe. Like, give it to me. What you could do with those movies? Not, all, not that every one of them has to be as violent or gory or R-rated as this, but like a creative mind like that 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 is able to like. I would love do more than a comic book. I would love to see him take over what has been called the Snyderverse. So like he gets to continue stuff with Affleck, Ezra Miller, Gal, all that kind of stuff. You know, he doesn't have to direct all of them, but if he was, like, quote-unquote, the showrunner. But I still want them to do these, like, side side pieces with Matt Reeves and 
you know, this J.J. Abrams, Tanahasi Coates, Superman thing, like continue to do that kind of stuff. It's just all over the place now. We've already, the yeah, ship's already falling it's, apart. Yeah. So you might as well give them some stuff to do, yeah. I think. I think the plan right now is they're like, well, let's just make these self-contained movies yeah. and not worry about a universe and yeah. just try and make individual movies. Yeah. But the t- ensemble movies make money. Yeah, they do. And so they need to find a way to d- also do that. And I just, I don't know what their plan is. I think it, I mean, I, this is an entirely new Suicide Squad with some of the same people from the last one, but they feel like almost new characters with the exception of like Harley Quinn. I would not be surprised if, if they are eventually able to make an entirely new Justice League team where maybe the only person that's from the original Justice League is like Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Ray Fisher. Imagine or Wonder Woman and Momoa would probably be the yeah. the two that they would keep because you know? both of those movies made a billion on their own. It's so. it's a risky it's a risky thing to do, but imagine what a Justice League sequel would look like directed by Gunn. That's what I want. Like that's what I really want. Is... It would be camp. It would be totally campy and very funny, and they would probably be fighting like goof like Brainiac or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's like, do it. James Gunn Brainiac and yeah. like and the Justice League is like. Meanwhile, the Hall of Justice or whatever, and it's yeah. like I bet you that it would just be like a goofy comic book movie, and I kind of dig that. I, I kind of dig that. I, I think that that's like it would be a smart direction for them to go. Make it happen. Yeah, Warner Brothers, just write, give him a blank check, and uh, be like, you know what, we got him when he was at his lowest <laughs> Ladies point. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got him when he was at his lowest point, and we're not giving him back, and uh, we're gonna let him do whatever he wants. I would love to see what he does with like Swamp Thing. That'd be cool. I uh, would love to see what he could do with, you know, some more D-level people like the Justice Society or I think he would make a fantastic Plastic Man movie. Do you know who Plastic Man no, is? No, not a, not a I'll show you a picture later. He's essentially Mr. Fantastic before Mr. Fantastic oh, okay. was Mr. Fantastic. Interesting. Yeah. So he stretches. Yeah. <laughs> so he stretches. Uh... So we got some trivia for you here before we jump into everything else. Idris Elba was initially hired to replace Will Smith as Floyd Law in Deadshot, but it was later decided that Elba would play a new character, Bloodsport, to allow Smith to return in the future, is yeah. what this trivia is. I think that's a definite... I think that is definitely... James Gunn did not want him to play Deadshot. I think he wanted to make something different, which there are definitely shades of, of Floyd Lawton in this, but they're just different enough that he's cooler. <laughs> Way better, dude. I mean, like... So, uh, Idris Elba is the lead of the movie. Like, he's the he's the main character. If there is, like, a protagonist, it's Yeah, him. I think so. He's given I would, the ground I would, I would say it's either him, him or the rat catcher. Sure. Like, you get, to, you get the sense that, yeah, those are the two most built-up characters. And Harley, just, but just because we've known her for so long. But, She's kind of like the Jack Sparrow of these movies, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the plot does not hinge on whether she's doing something. She's just, like, able to get out of jams and, like, be chaotic, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like the old... Raiders of the Lost Ark, that movie still happens whether Indy's there or not. I think this movie still happens whether she's there or not. I mean, I guess she does throw the javelin in the... Spoiler, but... Suppose, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot, I forgot that we hadn't lifted the video. No, that's all right. That, that, that sentence doesn't make sense to anybody that hasn't seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> it just sounds like I'm insane. Joel Kinnaman said the film was an opportunity to give his character a blank slate, and Flag was a sillier, less jaded, more naive, and funnier compared to his portrayal in the first Suicide Squad. We gotta cut her heart out! Can yeah. we talk about Joel Kinnaman? Yeah, give him he's an Oscar. He's great in this movie. <laughs> give him an Oscar. He's great in this movie. What the fuck? Oh, that, that's another thing, too, that we should talk about. This Suicide Squad 2016 won an Oscar for makeup and hairstyling. If this movie doesn't win two to outclass it, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I bet you it'll... 
visual effects. Visual effects. I, I think see it. it could be definitely nominated for and potentially win, given the lull of what we've had right now. I mean, what's its competition? Black Widow, which there are parts of that that doesn't have been a finish. Finish via. Oh well, that's gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen that Whoops. yet. And I could say, that's gonna clean sweep everything. Yeah, I bet you yeah. that's the Oscar movie this year. Um, but yeah, I, I said the, I said to you when the credits rolled, I was like. Just more proof that you can get a good performance out of a bad actor. Because we, with a good director, I hated Joel Kinnaman in the first movie. He's terrible Mm -hmm. and absolutely atrocious. And in this movie, he's great. You do something that either irritates or vexes me, you die. You die. I liked that they did like a variation of that speech in this movie. With, uh, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. (laughs) You make personalized license plates, you die. I'm walking back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I really like Joel Kinnaman in the movie. He was really likable. Um, James Gunn considered The Suicide Squad to be the most fun film he's ever made, which he attributed to prioritizing creativity over perfectionism, being in the best place mentally and emotionally, and having a stupendous cast and crew and supportive studio. Uh, says Warner Brothers didn't interfere with, interfere with his vision and only only <laughs> gave a few minor notes on it and feeling that it was, he was the height of his directing abilities on the, on the movie. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Before we dive into spoilers, do hmm. you think it's the best James Gunn movie? Or would you go Guardians still? Because I'm thinking about it more, and the more I think about it, the more I, I, I have to question it. I think I need to see it more. But. Yeah, I need to see it more. I, I need to, it, needs, it needs to take time for me to... Visually, it does. It, I, visually, I could potentially agree that it might be his best-looking movie. Oh, I think it's his best-looking movie by far. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so much less. There's designed. so much less CG in the, some of the earlier acts. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I in the Marvel universe, I like Guardians two better than I like Guardians one. But yeah, I think yeah, Guardians. Forgot that we disagree about that. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy, the original, is a maybe a more timeless movie. Yeah. Where I think the Suicide Squad, we'll see how it ages. I mean, I bet you it becomes like a cult. For sure. Movie. Yeah. Totally. In the like, way that like Batman eighty nine is or. Blade. And it's already being set up that way where it's, you know, darling director, great cast, highly critically reviewed, commercial failure. Mm -hmm. You got all the, you got (laughs) all the bullet points. That's the cold movie bingo right there. (laughs) Yeah, so the the free space is like, I don't know, director's cut, (laughs) where it's like extended edition, the Suicide Squad extended edition 4K steel I can't imagine this movie being any more like violent, so. Yeah. If Uh, there's like an uncut version, it it would have to have like graphic nudity, which we already get some. we already got. Oh, another another character to talk about. As for James Gunn got Sylvester Stallone to voice the role, it didn't take a whole lot of convincing. Gunn said to him, quote, I wrote this role for you in the Suicide Squad. It won't take too much of your time. End quote. Stallone <laughs> replied, oh yeah? To which Gunn said, yeah. No, you gotta a- say it right. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. To which Gunn said, quote, yeah, it's a big, kind of chubby, human-eating shark. To which Stallone said, anything for you, brother. Aww. <laughs> That's cute. I feel like he's got a lot of, like, yes. friends in Hollywood. Because, totally. like, Michael Rooker's in this. Uh, you know, obviously his brother plays multiple people. I, th- I think he just, like... He's kind of like Kevin Smith. I think he can just kind of like bring in people and be like, I need you to come in and work for six hours and then you're good to go. So 
And I dig that. I like I like when people have that kind of pull with with uh, yeah actors. And I think it's a sign of a good director too. Another good sign is that it's like people like him. People like him. You 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 want to be in his movies. Like, did you think Batista was going to be in this movie? Because I thought been he, awesome I thought he was, was going to be in the movie, and he wasn't. He wasn't probably yet. because of a Marvel contract, right? He's probably yeah. There's probably a Marvel contract, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he was also filming something else, like at the same time. Hmm. Dune. He's in Dune. That's probably what it was. That's probably what it was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. That's two conflicting Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. John, give me the plot. All right. Well, we've only seen it once, so (laughs) you keep you keep doing this to me, where you want me to do these in reviews in the last four movies I've seen at once. So you're a monster. Let's go. I will never forgive you. That's okay. Um, Jeez, I don't know. It starts out with them assembling a team. Yep. We're in a prison with Michael Rooker. We're back at Belle Reve. Amanda Waller's putting the team together. This is an important prison. You said you like that they kept going back to Belle Reve. This is yeah. like the this is like another Arkham, right? Yeah, it's like the Shawshank of okay. the DC universe, right? It's it's like a yeah, it's it's got a name to it, but it's not for the criminally insane. It's just for people that murder a lot of people. Yeah. Um, without the the psychological like cop out that they always give the Joker. Like if Joker was in Bell Reef, he'd never leave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, it's it seems, like basically Guantanamo. Yeah, he's got a great lawyer, the Joker. Let me tell you, he keeps getting into Arkham and getting right back out. Right back out. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we get Michael Rooker. He's he's just sitting there and he's throwing this ball around. We could see these kind of like an expert marksman, like bullseye with these various objects. And then we get the symbolic death of a bird. He kills this little jailbird canary in the corner by throwing the ball at it. And it rolls right back to his hand. Yeah, and it rolls right back to his hand, bloody, and he wipes the blood off. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's pretty violent. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me tell you. Two things. We should mention, the movie starts off with... Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Folsom Prison Blues. Folsom Prison Blues. Uh, this is the sixth collaboration between James Gunn and Michael Rooker. They had previously worked together on Slither, 2006, Super, 2010, Guardians 1, 2014, Guardians 2, 2017, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno. Do you know what that is? It's a music video. Oh really? With um, Hasselhoff. Oh okay. That's I don't in know the, if I ever that's saw in the, the it's in the credits of Guardians Two. It's oh. that song. And then they just but released they made it. a music oh, video okay. with all the cast. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Cool. So yeah, kills the bird. Yeah, it kills the bird. Uh, so Amanda Waller's back. Viola Davis. She's up to her normal spittle dripping out of her face when she's yelling at people uh but she gets to drop more f-bombs in this movie though which i kind of dig quite a bit because she seems like the kind of boss that would do that um but she's uh she's assembling a suicide squad you could tell that people in the prison know about it you know what i mean where he's like i don't want to be a part of it she's like well too bad um and we get our our team meeting right our intro of the suicide squad um and it's composed of, of Savant with Michael Rooker. I'm going to try to remember their names. It's going to be hard. There's Blackguard, played by Pete Davidson. Which? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Jai Courtney's back as Captain Boomerang. Or Boomer, as they... Or Boomer, as Harley yeah. calls him. Uh, Sean Gunn's Weasel, who is... I, I don't know. I, he's so disgusting looking. <laughs> um, we get the Javelin guy. I think his name's just Javelin, right? Yeah, I think they just call him Javelin. Javelin. Yeah. Uh, we get Nathan Fillion's TDK, uh, and then Rick Flagg's there, and Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie again. So this is her third appearance as Harley, right? Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, so third. 
third Wow, album. it feels like she's been in more movies than just Doesn't those it? Three. She's really carrying things. She is apparently, carrying apparently the Apparently Zack Snyder wanted to kill her <laughs> off, though. So that's, Really? Well, you saw the... When Harley died in my arms. Oh, that's right. She yeah, asked I me to make sure that I kill you, and I will fucking kill you. So they're, Waller's like assembling this team, telling them that they're going to be going to uh, the Corto Maltese, and they're going to storm a beach, and their objective is to, to get into this town, right? Uh, and the, they get there, there's a fun little interaction with all the characters on the plane, kind of like the meeting the crew in like a heist movie and stuff where we have interactions with Captain Boomerang and Harley kind of being like the veterans and him joking about like all this fresh meat that are coming along and I kind of dig that a little bit, it makes it feel like a prison movie too, yeah. where it's like the old guard and the new guard flag is still there and this, you know, obviously this is the beginning of getting to see our boy again um, and he seems to, you know be a little <laughs> unsure about this group and what they're capable of. He doesn't even know what everyone's capable of, too, which I think is interesting because in the first one, he was like in on the scheme for the most part. Yeah, he Whereas like, like now, it seems like Waller sending him on stuff as just like the the get back coach. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> then they they deploy from the plane. Yeah, we have that. We yeah, this the American shot where it's like the giant American in front flag, of the, the yeah. patent flag. Yeah, uh, James Gunn specifically filled the Suicide Squad with obscure and unknown villains since he felt it was more faithful to the squad in the comics. Yeah, quote: I wanted to stick with John o- Ostrander, mm-hmm. original vision for mostly second-rate antagonists. He says there's an innate tragic element to supervillains who aren't even that good at being bad. Mm-hmm. End quote. Which I think is a great. Thing about this movie, is yeah, that, you could tell he really understands the concept. Yeah, it's like all of these supervillains got captured and put in jail, so they're all flawed. Like they're not like Lex Luthor in it, where they're like able to chill out in a fucking high rise and finish right. it out. So right. yeah, love that. So they deploy. Yeah, so they deploy out the out the dropship, and we should say that from like the get go, this movie seems to be focusing on Michael Rooker's yeah. savant character, who. Uh, which we don't know what he does. I don't never heard of this. Character. And I've never heard of him yet. He might be new as well. Uh, you might want to fact check that one. But <laughs> they're jumping out into the water. They're gonna storm this beach. The weasel guy jumps out and immediately drowns. And you can kind of see that, you know, maybe Waller's not necessarily like properly researching what everyone can do. Um, it says in the beginning of the film, Savant kills a canary. Later, after being killed off by Amanda Waller for attempting to desert the mission, a canary feasts on his floating corpse. In the comics, Savant was a rival and later an ally of the birds of prey. Oh, cool. Nice. Cool. That's kind of funny. It's basically a little canary tie. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I like it. Way to go, James Gunn. <laughs> Savant's criminal record shows he has also been incarcerated in Iron Heights Penitentiary, last seen in Justice League. Uh, Iron Heights is the um, prison in Central City where the Flash oh. operates, so that's where a lot of the Flash villains go. Cool. Um, but yeah, so we got to talk about their storm in the beach. Yeah, they. Are, I like that they drop. They the helicopter floats to the outside of the beach. They're, they're storming a beach, but it floats above the water about like fifty feet. And to, to the thing, and they have to swim to the coast. Yeah, and the weasel drowns. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's like, did no one check to see if the weasel could swim? And he's yeah. just like flopping around in the water. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really, really good. So then, yes, Savant drags the weasel to the beach. Yeah, yeah, and they all they get on the beach, and they start to take their positions, and, and Flag is kind of like ready to, to, to get the crew going. Everyone's like getting their weapons ready. Harley pulls out like a bazooka. Um, 
And then Pete Davidson stands up and starts talking to the jungle. And he's like, hey, guys, I'm here. I brought them here. That was the deal, right? And then he gets capped in the face, like, immediately. Yep. Yeah, his head gets blown off. So if you're a big Pete Davidson fan, you'll see him one more scene after this, but but not much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. People start to start shooting. You could see that they got set up. And the entire, like, Corto Maltese militia is cool. there, ready to kind of trap them so they they walked right into a trap you know harley and and rick flag are trying to make the best of the situation but pretty much everybody dies except for those two um we get to find out what our guy uh nathan fillion's <laughs> name tdk stands for uh which he just said that's what his name on the plane which yeah. is such a good moment yeah the plane banter i want to like touch on that for a second it's like so good it's so funny because it reminds me of like a like a uh, like a war it's like a war movie yeah like you got all these characters that have their traits but they're just like bantering before the mission and it's yo what's your name he's like tdk he's like what's that stand for he's like that's just my name it's like, <laughs> your name's letters <laughs> yeah uh and the pete davidson line that got a laugh out of me is fuck they sat me next to a fucking werewolf or whatever <laughs> yeah um yeah it was really really great uh yeah the the beat the killing scene on the beach uh, this is so this scene is so f- is funny to me because um they pulled this shit off in deadpool 2 remember that like the drop the x-force task force s drop task mm-hmm. task force x force x force yeah because this is task force x oh that right so yeah, it's yeah. x force and deadpool and they all just get mercilessly, mercilessly killed on, on landing. Yeah. And so... Brad Pitt was the invisible Brad guy. Brad Pitt's the invisible man. Uh, and it's like... So James Gunn clearly has seen that movie. I think that they, he had to be very careful about not making that seem like it was just completely aping that, that sequence from right. Deadpool 2. Right. And I think the way that they do it really cleverly is that the next shot after all of the people... Like Michael, did you? Did we already get to Michael Rooker like fleeing? No. So, so Captain Boomerang dies, Pete Davidson dies, the weasels drowned. Uh, TDK gets shot in the his arms. His arms that separate get they shot, detach. and his body is like He's writhing on the ground. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Harley and Rick are pinned down. Uh, the javelin guy gets shot. And, uh, yeah, and so then Savant, he's, like, peacing out, and he's trying to swim away, and then he gets his head blown off by Waller with the uh, implant. Yeah, that, that turn is great, where it's, like, Savant is Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker's a badass, obviously. He's built up to be this super... And then once he sees this chaos that's happening on the beach, he's, like, he's just, like, fuck this shit. I'm out. And yeah. he's, like, swims away. Um, uh, the javelin... We should set up, too, that the javelin guy hands his javelin to Harley and says, like, you have to do the... Like, carry this for... And then he doesn't finish this. He's yeah. like, for who? Yeah. <laughs> carry for who? Yeah. Um, so she's trying to figure out the purpose there. But so then, she's captured. Yes. And Flag's on the run. Yeah. And then... And this is where I was kind of going with, like, the, the cleverness of this scene is that you kind of have to do something to differentiate yourself, um, you know, from a, another movie that has already pulled off this concept, which is Deadpool 2. And I think what they did how they did it was really cool because you realize that they're just a diversion. Yep. Because then she... So great. It's such a good twist right at the beginning because then Waller's like, well, Team 1, you know, they've walked right into the trap. Any word on Team 2? And you're like, Team 2? And then it pans over because initially I'm thinking like, oh, everyone dies the first bout at the mission, so they're going to have to assemble Rebuild the, team. the other team. But you see that the, it was all set up. Yeah. And it cuts over to Team 2, and that's where we see all the people that we've seen in the trailer. So we get we get Idris Elba's Bloodsport and, and the Rat Catcher 2 and King Shark and, and John Cena's Peacemaker and Polka Dot Man. And you're like, oh, well, these are the people that 
I've been looking forward to seeing. And yeah. uh, so then it cuts back to is it three days? That's when we get the don't we get the title card there where it's like right behind them? Yeah. As they're on the beach, and yeah. then it's like yeah, three weeks earlier. Three is it weeks or days? Days is it days? Three days? I think it might have been three days. days. Yeah. There's a lot of time cuts. It's tons, and we're not going to be able to nail all yeah. of them. And and they use like scenery and the environments to kind of spell out yeah. like what is it like in With that very smoke or fire or roots of of a tree or, yeah. Uh, le- that's the leaves are on the ground, right? That's what it says. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Very clever. Very, very like such a unique idea. Yeah, it's a unique. It's a it's a unique thing. What I also think it does is kind of like make the movie a little bit more self aware. Like mm-hmm. it feels like you're reading like a comic. Like yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it's like a. It knows exactly what it is. The movie is like, yeah, we we got the team. We got gotcha. And then it's like now we're gonna tell you what happened really, what happened before it. Oh, yeah, so cool. So then it cuts back and we meet our actual protagonist, which is Idris Elba's Bloodsport, and he's we're back at Bell Rave a couple of days earlier. He's cleaning. He's like a janitor. Pete Davidson comes out after taking a dump and gives him some toilet paper that was tucked to his shoe. So you get some more Pete Davidson. Like so here you go, champ. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, Waller is pitching him to be on the squad. He doesn't want to. So uh, she's like, well, maybe you'll change your mind after you meet with your visitor. And this is the blatant, like, Deadshot comp, which is that he has a daughter. He has a daughter, yeah. And his daughter's visiting him in prison. It's played by Storm Reed, the uh, the star of the, the, the Disney famous bomb of Wrinkle in Time. Uh, oh, that's her? That's that girl? That's that girl. No way. Yeah. Did not catch that at all. That I've heard that movie is dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Oprah's in it, though, so that's cool. Sure. Big <laughs> Oprah. She's big CGI Gigantic Oprah. Gigantic <laughs> Oprah, yeah. I like the... I, but I love the prison discussion with his daughter because she's saying how she got in trouble because Waller told him that she might be going to juvie or in the state of Louisiana when you're that young you could be tried as an adult with the right corruption um but I love that <laughs> I love the argument about how she stole a watch that plays TV and he's like why would you want to watch TV on your watch and it's like I'm not he's not pissed off that she stole something he's pissed that he's she stole she stole something so stupid and got caught and got caught for it yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it's setting up that unlike Floyd Lawton, whose daughter adores him, this girl needs to be, like, won over to her dad because he seems like a deadbeat yeah. assassin man. So um, so then she essentially is able to coerce him into being on the team, and she said that she wants to make him the leader of the second smaller team. So she goes and introduces him to everyone else that's in the prison that's going to be on his team. And so we get to meet, we get to meet John Cena's peacemaker, who is amazing. Yes. We should we should say. It's and, called better. I do everything that you do, but better. Yeah, yeah. The the repartee kind of begins immediately. Yeah, between I love the their rivalry. Yeah, so great. Uh, we meet Ratcatcher two, mm-hmm. um, and then we also meet King Shark, played by or voiced by Sylvester Stallone, and then the Polka Dot Man. Um, <laughs> such an interesting character. <laughs> They have a they have that like a neck brace on him. Where yeah, it's like it's a power dampener. It's a power dampener. Yeah. Yep. And I thought that it was interesting that they wait so long to reveal his powers. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. And I would have liked that a criticism I have that's not really it's a nitpick, but it's like I would have liked to have seen Polka Dot Man in action more. Mm-hmm. I feel like we don't get to you see his power very often, and his is probably the coolest one. It's so interesting. It's just interesting to look at. It's a really cool looking visual effect too yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it seemed very expensive real quick here I got some trivia that I feel like I need to read but I don't know if there's another good time to put it in here to right. honor actor Nathan Fillion who played TDK 
His home city of Edmonton, located in Alberta, Canada, officially renamed their city hall to the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion for the opening week of the Suicide Squad movie. Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion? (laughs) (laughs) That's the stupidest trivia. I love it so much. Canada is such a charming little place, isn't it? Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. Free weed, free drugs. Yeah, sure. They're all nice up there. Just giving them away up there. Little donuts, Timbits. They call them Timbits. Yeah. At Tim Hortons. At Tim Hortons. You go to Timmy's. Gotta get to Timmy's. Gotta get to Timmy's. All right, where are we? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Still in the prison. So we're getting a a new, like, mission task, like, briefing in, in, like, this theater. So you find out what the real goal is. Team 2 is supposed to infiltrate the Corto Maltese because Mm -hmm. there's a militant coup that is happening with a new president and, like, a general, and they... Uh, Waller needs them to get in there and to get to this thing called the Jotunheim, which is a, a gigantic, like, nuclear-looking tower thing. And they're supposed to get in there and capture some files so that the Corto Maltesian military does not use them against the United States of America. That's the pitch that she makes them. Um, and so then it cuts back to the island. So we're good to go. So we are missing here that we should introduce uh, King Shark. Yeah, I mentioned him, yeah. So, but we didn't talk. Yeah, what do you as, want to talk about him? <laughs> as King Shark is introduced, his backstory scornfully includes the fact that he is descended from the Shark God, which the Bell Rave Warden doesn't seem to believe. That fits with King Shark's actual comics origin. It says he was said to be the son of the King of All Sharks, aka the Shark God, but there were doubts over the veracity, veracity of those claims. His origins were dismissed as mere superstition, despite the fact that he is demonstrably a walking, talking shark man. Aquaman's Sword of Atlantis finally confirmed that he was, in fact, the son of a shark god. So what? Who? what is this character? Because King Shark is also in the Suicide Squad Rocksteady video game. Mm-hmm. So this is a, an established Suicide Squad normal mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Was, were you satisfied with the portrayal of Sylvester and yeah, King Shark? Yeah, he's normally not incompetent. You okay. know, he's like, so a, usually... he's like, he's kind of like Gorilla Grodd. He's like a super smart shark. Oh, okay. I don't know if he ever talks though, but I love their take on this, which is like when he's in the Suicide Squad, because he has been in some of those books. And when he is, he's usually a little more campy and, and goofy. Yeah. I mean, he's a talking shark. Yeah. What, what do you expect? And in the With movie, boxers. <laughs> I find this interesting too. And we, you touched on this briefly in the car yesterday. Nanawe is called King Shark only three times in the movie. First by Amanda Waller, second by Rick Flagg, and later by Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So they really hammered down Nanawe. Yeah. Did name. you know that? You said you didn't know that. I had no that idea that... that he had a name. I just thought he was the King Shark. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's fascinating. Because, yeah, yeah, I've never heard that before either. Yeah. Um, cool. That's awesome. So, going to the island. Yeah. They, so they're back on the island. Um, this team, too is making their way through the jungle. They hear the explosion, yeah. and they're like, "What? we got we got hostiles or whatever. It's like, it's just a distraction. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> they're, don't just, worry they're giving them each other misinformation. Yeah. Uh, they go to set up camp for the first night because they're going to try to make their way into town. And this is kind of like the beginnings of like you know the team forming. It's very similar to that Wonder Woman scene where they're all sleeping by the fire, and we get like all these weird backstories, but this is done much better. Um, I love... Bloodsport waking up in the middle of the night to Whoa. see Polka Dot Man covered in these like glowing balls and he goes and throws them up. And it's like and it's you Polka see it kind of bush, but it looks like vomit. It's so mm-hmm. that's such a funny shot. And then he turns around and sees that King Shark's about to eat the rat catcher, which they establish is a uh, very good at sleeping in places, like very deeply. Um and this whole scene's great because then he starts to shoot the shark 
and they like corner him he against him up. Yeah, he corners him up against a tree, and and Peacemaker comes over in his tidy whiteies, and they're such a great shot of the blood sport. Idris Elba holding this gun, the rat catcher there looking at the shark, and then John Cena just <laughs> saddles up into frame with these whitey tidies. I love when he's like, "You're wearing tidy whiteies." He's like, "That's racist." <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing here is interesting is that the, he shoots the buck at a king shark, mm-hmm. and I thought that he was gonna like kill him. Yeah. But it sets up that he basically has is blood. Is vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. He's like the Hulk. Like yeah. his skin can just take bullets. Cool. Because he gets shot and <laughs> a bunch in a this bunch. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, we also get to see how the rat catcher's power works. She has like this little wand that summons rats from all over, and we find out that Bloodsport has a rat phobia. We will learn why later on. But it's so funny! It's like, such a good moment <laughs> that he's afraid of it. And Waller's like talking to him. She's like, "You didn't tell me how to rat phobia," and he's like, "I didn't you know put that." Somebody be- on a team that has a rat phobia. Yeah, it's just really funny. And Polka Dot Man is is. <laughs> He's just goofing around right yeah. now. Yeah. Something to throw in here is I love I love the cutaways to the office of this the suit of Amanda Waller. Yeah, Viola it's, Davis never had to go anywhere after the first scene getting Savant. She's just in that office the whole time. But I like that a lot because yeah. it seems so boring. Like yeah. I like it the, seems like they're they're boring office job. Yeah, like it's they, a boring they office job to, to, to basically decide the fate of this island. Like yeah, these people. They show them later on like sleeping, you know, when the communications go down, they're just like chilling and they like are eating Doritos and yeah. stuff like that. Like it's like it's kinda like um Cabin, Cabin in the Woods, Woods. Yeah. Is what it reminded me of for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think I don't I mean I don't know the exact order, but I think next is um, Harley begins to meet with the president. Yes, she is in the hole, mm-hmm. and she's like yelling at the captives. They give her the Corto Maltese. The Maltese. They like throw this dress on or whatever, yeah. and then they Kinda she's like in Raiders the limo. Of the Lost Ark. Yep. Yeah. And so she gets to meet the president, um, who is trying to woo her over, and he's feeding her all these lies about how like, you know, her <laughs> anti-American like mantra is is very attractive to her people, and he needs a bride so that he can be more. Um, kind of like palatable to the to the the citizens as he begins to take over from this family that used to run the island. Yeah, and, and they have this like this this, this, this this date montage, yeah, date montage where they're like hanging out with macaws outside so and like eating food, and then they uh, they wind up <laughs> fucking on the floor, and he gives this this <laughs> he gives this like monologue. Um, about politics in the island and, and what he's hoping to accomplish with the Jodenheim as they're looking onto it. Yeah. And he turns around and Harley shoots him in the chest and yeah. he dies. And this whole <laughs> this whole sequence I was think I was waiting for like since they had already set up the idea of like oh something's about to happen. Wait, let's see let's show you what's actually happening. He's standing next to this giant glass window smoking a cigarette and I was like He's gonna, get He's gonna get shot through that window, and yeah. Harley's gonna freak out. By and then the twist is that yeah, she kills she, him. She kills him with That's an so antique good. gun. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like, "Why did there was a bullet in there? Yeah, why did they put bullets in this?" <laughs> um, so that was really great. Then we find out that Rick Flag wound up getting quote unquote into some type of camp. And Waller tasks. Waller them. says that he's captured. Yeah, because she kill, doesn't know. Kill everything with extreme prejudice. Yep, and she she <laughs> tasks is a line she tasks our team of main characters to go find him at this camp. Yeah, they're like retrieve flag at all costs. Kill yeah. with extreme prejudice, and so, they go to this camp. So we get one of my favorite. Yeah, scenes this is in the movie, this is my second favorite scene in the movie. I think which is Bloodsport and Peacemaker having like a dick measuring contest where they're killing everyone in this camp, where Rick Flag is supposedly being held prisoner. And they're just killing them in these brutal, casual it's amazing. ways. It, it, this is. This reminds me a lot of like Fast a, and the Furious. This this scene reminds me like a Vietnam movie, but like, 
Or like Tropic Thunder or something. Sure, know? Tropic Thunder is yeah, a good analog. Definitely Fast and the Furious. You've got these two giant hulking brute Big actors that are yeah. both in Fast and Furious movies. And I was like, man, if Fast and Furious ever made an R-rated movie, this is what it would look like. It's like having a... They're basically just having a dick measuring contest mm-hmm. as they're walking through this camp. Yeah. And my favorite... There's two shots that I love. The, the first one is John Cena casually walking by the dude and just going... With the axe, like like going, like stabbing him in the chest, and then there's the one where Idris Elba shoots the the thing, and the fan falls into the guy's bathtub and like electrocutes him. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, Also in this scene, I think Polka Dot Man says that he's able to kill people because he turns them into his mom in his head, and it's such a weird thing. But he like shoots a bunch of polka dots at this watchtower, and it falls over. But they get into the main tent, and Rick Flag's sitting there like having having tea with. uh, this woman and he's like yeah this is the resistance group on the <laughs> island that's trying to restore democracy to the Corto Maltese and she's like why <laughs> I love that she's like why didn't my guards let me know that you were approaching and they're like mm, we didn't see any we didn't see any <laughs> <laughs> and it cuts to them outside and she's looking at the lingering shot all the corpses of her with like tears in her eyes yeah. while, like looking at all these people it was so fucking funny man yeah. so good such a it's so dark but it's such a good comedic moment for sure I'm gonna, you keep talking I'm gonna try and plug my computer oh okay um, so yeah they established that the freedom fighters yeah there. so they got the freedom fighters so they come up with their new plan which is they're uh, now that they have flag they're gonna continue with the mission they are gonna try to go find this man named the thinker who is apparently heading the project and is the thinker is the thinker like uh What's the what's the DC history on this guy? He's usually, I mean, pretty much like this. I don't think he's always connected to to Starro necessarily, but he's just a guy that's got these things inserted into his brain, kind of like the Matrix, so that okay. he can um, enhance his brain power, essentially. Gotcha. Almost like Cerebro. You okay. Know what I mean, like you got to have a device that helps amplify it. Is he always ti- is he tied to Starro in any of like the not comics? that I not that I know of. Okay, because they make a point where he's he usually says, like, like a can... Flash villain. Okay. He, he, they make a point in this movie to say that he can control, he wants to be, control Starro. Yeah. And the, the, I got the fact that, like, the things in his head w- was, that was how he was able to... It's like, yeah, he's like, control mind controlling him okay. a little bit. Yeah, again, enhancing his brain so that the human brain can get beyond its actual capacity, I think. Gotcha. So, yeah, I think somewhere in here is when we get introduced to him meeting with the generals and the president, and you kind of see that they're in the Jotunheim, and they're looking at this big tank-looking thing. You and, know? They show and they show this the old footage. like security footage of astronauts recovering Starro in space, but then you see that he launches these little face-huggers that grab onto people, and he starts to control them. It's really cool. It's a cool concept. It's a cool it's, it's, concept. It's a, uh, yeah. Very it's, true to true to. The, the stories that have been established with that character yeah it apes off of plenty of like movie tropes alien Alien, being the main one with face huggers but like just the visual of starro is like (laughs) is so comical to me yeah that can you imagine here's here's another thing Uh, can you imagine a character like starro in a movie like the 2016 suicide squad like um no just imagine how terrible that would be they would have botched it yeah totally yeah the movie this movie you can only use a character like starro in a movie like this where it's very self-aware you under you're totally like this is a these are b-level supervillains. that's a b-level kaiju it's mm-hmm. like it's just so goofy and weird and I, I loved it so much yeah so then i think you know i think the next big plot development is flag and this this 
team of the Suicide Squad are they're going to dress down into civilian clothes and they're going to go to this gentleman's club that the thinker frequents because they're going to use him to break into the facility, right? So that's, this is a good scene. This is, again, like a, establishing the rapport of the characters. They're, like, using this bus driver named Milton. He's driving them around on this public bus. We get this cool scene where Idris Elba starts to connect with the rat catcher a little bit, talking about how she reminds him of his daughter and she gives a backstory about how she's rat catcher too because her dad was the rat catcher but then we see like images against the window pane which i think is really interesting of taika waititi as the rat catcher and we see that he heroin ods um which is really sad i actually don't know if that's what happens in the comics or not but i would not be surprised looking around at some rat catcher trivia uh there's, <laughs> there's not much <laughs> what of a it, sentence honestly um like there's I don't know there's comics wow I don't have anything <laughs> wow James Gunn describes Ratcatcher 2 as the heart of the film yeah I which I think you know he's like the Diablo or she's like the Diablo she's the Diablo of this movie <laughs> she even gets the same sort of Diablo like flashback sequence so weird it's really funny it's like again this movie just taking a gigantic dump yeah uh, Sebastian Ratcatcher 2's pet sidekick is voiced by veteran voice actor D. Bradley Baker. Mm -hmm. It's the eighth time Baker has played a rat, a run which includes Rat and Thundercats, Where Rat and Frank and Weenie, and the Ratatouille video game tie-in. He's also the voice of the clones in Clone Wars and Bad Batch. Hmm. Busy guy this year. Busy guy. Busy guy. Busy guy. Busy voice actor. I want his job. He just shows up in his PJs. He probably uh, just shows up at home. Yeah. So I love, the, I love this bar sequence because they, they just start to get absolutely sloshed with each other. Um, Peacemaker's wearing this fantastic outfit which is composed of a Lacoste polo that's too short for his belly and jorts. And it's it's just a fucking great look. Um, yes, his jorts look is fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's even better when he get they get tossed up in a couple scenes here yeah. and he like steps out with the gun. It's uh -huh. so good. That shot is awesome. Um, the yeah, the bar scene is is great. Like another great just another way of showing like, you know, we can do it better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Build the team. It establishes that Rick and Bloodsport were already friends, which is could be important later on. Um, as well as like Polka Dot Man, seeing his mom everywhere, stuff like that. It's just we kind of start to get the backstory a little bit of those characters. Yeah. And we find out that he has an interdimensional virus, and it causes him to have to expel the polka dots twice a day or otherwise he'll like explode yeah it's such an interesting concept i don't think that's how he is in the comics i think he usually just throws polka dots at I people can't imagine. but so i love the i love take. the idea that he's like my mom was trying to turn us all into superheroes it's a cool it's that, a, again just another cool concept yeah like a garage home-cooked superhero kid. yeah yeah and it's unfortunate future spoilers for the end that he dies because i would have i think that i think he could have led a movie <laughs> yeah I just wanted him to be in another Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate. He's a good actor. It's a good character. Yeah. Dave DeSmalchin, shout out. Yeah. Big ups. In Ant-Man and this. So a man who walks between both worlds. Um, should mention, in the bar, um, Lloyd Kaufman makes a brief cameo in the bar. This The squad goes to find the thinker. 
Um, Kaufman is best known for his work with Troma Entertainment, where James Gunn got to start writing and directing. And then also, Palm Clementif has a cameo as one of the dancers. Nice. So, James Gunn, throwing people in the movies just because he likes them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just want to be his friend. Yeah. Um, So... Eventually, the the military is tasked with finding Americans because they capture Harley after she killed the president. They burn the bird cage. It's very sad. Mm. Um, and the military shows up at the bar, so they got to sneak out the back with the thinker. So Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man escape, and uh, Flag, Bloodsport, and Peacemaker are taken hostage. I liked this scene a lot where they're in the pack, the back of the prison it's truck great. thing. It kind of reminded me a little bit of The Dark Knight, but like yeah. a little more fun. Um, well, there's yeah, and he like asks for a yeah. sig, and he starts talking about how there's the there's the way to kill people with one touch, and then they all count, and they're like now, and they're like now, and they all lurch forward and hit them all at the same spot, and yeah. they all die. Like, and I, I love owe you a cigarette or whatever yeah. he says to the guy. I love the guy driving the truck, looking yes. in, the, in the security footage, and he sees Peacemaker with the shotgun, <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots up? him. Yeah. And yeah. he's trying to he's trying to drive the truck through the hole yeah. in the wall. He shoots the hole through the guy, through the wall, through the guy that's driving the truck. That guy's dead. And then the other guy tries to drive the truck with his left hand. John Cena reaches his gigantic bicep through this hole and is taking this guy and hitting him against the ceiling of the car for what feels like 30 seconds. It's a long time. It cuts away and then it cuts back and he's still doing it's it very, and it cuts away and it back. It's very gratuitous. It's great. I love it, yeah. Um... So they they get out and the they rest, flip the car. Basically. Yeah, they flip the car off the road and the team rendezvous with them, and this is a great shot of them. Yeah, coming out of the back of the upturned truck and you know blood sports and like a wife beater and they're all looking a little ragtag and and we get another shot of, of peacemakers like tiny polo and he's like well so let's go to the Jodenheim and in the back the fire spells out like mission colon Jodenheim and then flags like. Because they found out that Harley was was taken prisoner, he's like, "We gotta do something first And then it fizzles away, and, and then like, it says, "Mission Harley." Operation yeah. Harley, um, which then takes us into another stellar scene, which is Harley's getting tortured, lethal weapon style, where she's strung up and tased. I think this is my favorite scene yeah. in the movie. Yeah, and she eventually is just able to, you know, she doesn't break to tell the general about anything, but then she strangles this guy with her legs when he's texting. She gets the key off of his belt, and she gets out of the cuffs, and the music kicks in. The song, I don't know what it's called, but it's the, like, Nobody nobody Loves Me or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, trivia fact here, this was an article I read while we got out of the movie, but James Gunn apparently says that Margot Robbie was able to do that entire trick with her feet, with getting the key up on her own, no without, stunt like, double. stunt double or without any, like... She wants to do yoga. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so she gets her own like Yandu rocket break out of prison yep, sequence. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Um, yep, which I exactly love that that's kind of like his his crew, like his, this is what he brings to the table in almost every movie. I kind of dig that. It's like... Because he's done three prison breaks in three, se- three <laughs> like superhero movies. Follow me in this analogy here. Yeah. These moments are to James Gunn what a drum solo is for a rock band. Whoa. Where the, it's like, this is, you're the drummer, you're maybe not the lead man, you don't lead the whole movie, you're not the front face of this entire thing, but this, this five minutes of you just pounding the fuck away is like your time to like shine, and the way that he highlights that with like Gruten, Gruten, uh, Gruten Yondu, and then here with Margot Robbie being like, time to kick some ass, and it's just this five minute long sequence of her just 
doing what you want Harley Quinn to do, which is just beat the shit out of people. Yeah, she's just blowing people away. She finds the javelin again. She she's takes like, the wall. She's like, yeah, what up? Stabbing javelin. people with the javelin. I also like that we're seeing her inner, like her, like what she sees. Yeah, it's like this psychedelic way of of how she perceives violence which is when she cuts somebody open instead of blood pouring out it's like butterflies yeah it's so interesting and i like that it's like a video game where the javelin has a little like glowing icon where she's like oh javelin yeah (laughs) she takes it it's really 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 clever yeah they continue to excel with with her yeah totally portraying that character i think in all of all of these movies yeah for sure regardless of how inappropriately they treated her in the first outing oh, yeah. in Suicide Squad I think she's really recovered from that and seems to enjoy playing the character quite a bit not so. a single gratuitous butt shot no she wears a dress the she whole time the which whole time. I, I thought was really cool super cool yeah good um, cosplay opportunity oh definitely yeah good Halloween costume it looks very comfy it's just a dress with some boots so you I know might you, go as Polka Dot Man for Halloween this year that'd be a fun costume you should go as Polka Dot Man <laughs> I, or Peacemaker or Peacemaker yeah just wear the Peacemaker with the jorts yeah yeah that'd be go. great um so she breaks out, yep. and then it cuts to all of them on the bus, which I think this was in one of the trailers, where they're talking about how they're going to go break her out, and they're going to risk everything just to go bust out this nutcase who might already be dead. They're scaling a building, everyone's in place to like shoot people. I like, <laughs> a, 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 a moment that I like is the pinch-in shot of George John Cena up in the clock tower with a pistol yeah. sniper, and he's like, I've got eyes on the only target, and, and it's like this woman, like this receptionist. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> And she, and she rounds the corner, and she's like, "What are you guys doing?" And Flag's like, well, "We're here to rescue you. It was a really good plan." She's like, "I could go back in if you still want to do it." It's oh my god, it's so funny, and it's heartwarming too because she's like so stoked to see them, and it's you know they came back for her, and she hugs. Yeah, because she's uh, been worried this whole movie. This is actually like a pretty cool, like a little emotional beat. Is she's not with the Joker anymore, as established in Birds of Prey. And she feels like she doesn't necessarily, even though she has the birds of prey, but apparently she doesn't have any friends in this movie. Um, except for Boomerang and Flag, who she thought were both dead. Um, yeah. So that's why she says she's got nobody. And then she comes to find out that she has new friends and she meets Bloodsport in this scene for the first time. Which, by the way, the image of him with the mask, but in a wife beater and slacks climbing up a, <laughs> a cool. wall is so funny. Yeah, looking. it's cool. Yeah. The costume design, again, like maybe, again, this might just be James Gunn trying to one up Suicide Squad because didn't the Oscar that that movie won was makeup and costume? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, but all the For costumes. The damage tattoo on, on Joker's head. God, what morons. What what morons. They, I'm, I'm confident that no one actually watched that movie that voted for it in the Oscars. They just no. voted for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, costume design, so cool. I love Peacemaker, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bloodsport's helmet, the helmet that, like, it kind of goes on, it goes down, it's, it's got like this Iron Man, like thing. Yeah, it's really thing. cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so now we get our third act. So things are about to get... Spicy up in here. Very spicy. So This they, is when they take, they're taking the bus to Jotunheim, and they're all assembled. Yep, and they, uh, they get Thinker, and they're on the roof across from the Jotunheim, and this is when he's, you know... If you rat us out, you die. If you don't go into the plan, you die. If you don't cough without covering your mouth, you die. He's like, well, that's not true, but that's not an open invitation to cough without covering yeah. your mouth. Yeah. It's just funny a funny joke. I wonder if that joke was... That's a pandemic joke. Pandemic sure. joke, yeah. It definitely has to be. Yeah. James Gunn, man, he's got a finger on the pulse always. Um, so yeah, you want to talk a little bit about the beginnings of the third act so i can drink some water sure take some water i think that yeah this scene is cool because uh you can tell i at least to me it's very seemed like there's a couple moments in the movie where it's like 
the team shot where it's like the Avengers circle moment in New York or the Guardians, you know, being assembled, walking down the hallway. You just have those moments and it's... I think this is one of them. They're all prepping the team. They're getting ready to go. Here's the plan. Here's how we're going to execute it. And then this is the cut to the the bus, right, where they're all, like, laying down and they have the thinker just, like, driving through the through the barricade. And, oh, man, it starts raining, which is cool. Yeah, the walk through the rain's really awesome. It's a cool shot because uh, James Gunn also, like, he's a clever director. I don't know who, I don't know who the director of photography was for the movie, but um, it might have just been James Gunn. But ordinarily so you have the scene you have a ton of natural light because you're outdoors you also have rain which is tricky with lighting and you have a bunch of people to get in the shot and ordinarily what i think you would do is like really darken the frame so you can clearly see these people and the scenery around them but what he did is that he bumps the exposure all the way up so that it's like basically a white frame mm-hmm. and then you start seeing their silhouettes walk through and it's, it's really just a cool including a, milton <laughs> including milton and milton's there and it got one of the biggest laughs for me is he's like running up to the door and you just see him wearing like his sandals and his terrible outfit but yeah, I just love another clever James Gunn, just a clever director, like a clever use of what he has. Yeah. And I'd love to see the budget of this movie because I don't it's know where. A bunch. I bet a I, bunch. I, there's a lot of CGI, but like I think that James Gunn is also a pretty budget friendly director when he needs to be. Like I wouldn't be surprised if this is two hundo. Yeah, probably. The nice thing is it's pretty much all in one location, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the the plan is thus they're gonna layer explosives on each like level of the tower, and uh, Flag and Rat Catcher are gonna take the Thinker in and go get the file. We also, <laughs> sorry, we get the shot of Peacemaker taking Thinker's head and slamming it into the eye like thing or whatever. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so they they're layering their explosives and then Peacemaker kind of disappears while he's talking to King Shark. Uh, and this leads us into a sequence where we find out the true intentions of the mission, which is Waller, obviously, very much in the same way as the last one in every Suicide Squad book, not telling you the whole truth of what yeah. you're there for. Uh, they're supposed to go and get the the card because we find out from the thinker that the Americans have been funding this operation this entire time. And they've been trying to weaponize Starro, as says he, he's been working with the government. And so Waller needs this back, and Flag turns, and he wants to release it to the press, and he wants to be the, the good guy this time around, uh, which is a, it's a good scene for him. It's a really good scene for him. And Ratcatcher's there with him, too. And Peacemaker shows up, and it's a double cross, and we find out that he was tasked by Waller to make sure that that doesn't get into the wrong hands and that it does get returned. So he's covering, hedging the bets. Big fight breaks out, and... Uh, we lose our boy, Rick Flag. So, yeah, to talk about this scene, like, the fight scene is cool, but before that, what I really liked is, like, all of the... You could see James Gunn's, like, horror background yeah. sneaking in, like, the shots of, like, the thinker, the like, having his monologue, and there's all, like, the zombies. With the star faces. Yeah. And then there's, like, the one shot with, like, the what it looks like underneath the starfish, where it's just, like... It eats your face. It just eats your face off. Yeah. Um... It doesn't uh, doesn't Ratcatcher walk up to the glass or whatever and like the fin goes and yeah. like hits the floor or whatever. Yeah, it's so. pretty cool. Kind of like a Jurassic Park kind of deal yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, big thing in the tank. But yeah, the fight scene. I uh, I was I was a little bummed because I was like, man, I want Peacemaker. I like Peacemaker as being kind of like not the antagonist, even though yeah. you have to. It's like, nah, they're bad guys. They're all bad. Guys. They're all bad guys. They're, they're all, all they're, they're all antiheroes. They're yeah. trying to fulfill their own self interest and. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
The fight's cool. Yeah. The shot of the helmet where they're fighting in the reflection of Peacemaker's helmet, very yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, and then yeah, Peacemaker. Peacemaker kills Rick Flag. Rick Flag has that great Peacemaker. What a joke! Kind of like last little thing. It's cool. Kind of poking at him, getting under his skin. And Ratcatcher sees the whole thing. So then Peacemaker starts to chase her, and he gets her at gunpoint. And he's about to kill her, and then it cuts to like eight minutes earlier. She's she's not. She's like, why destroy? Why why kill me? Just destroy the drive. And he's like, I'm thorough. Yeah. And it's like, it's oh my god, so it's dark. dark. Yeah. Yeah. So then it cuts to eight minutes earlier, so we get another cut at, a, at like a key moment, and we see what the rest of the team has been up to, um, which is definitely more comical. So like, King yeah, Shark's the, like playing with these, these cute little like bubble loves in in this yeah, big what fish are tank. They, are these things? Hey, it's up? just some weird alien okay. thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. and then um, they're they're layering explosives, and and Milton falls down. And dies, <laughs> and they're uh... well. He guard two guards like randomly bust in. They like brrr, and they and he gets shot and falls down. And then polka dot man's like Milton, and yeah. then he turns in the corner and he does the polka dots thing, and it basically just melts these dudes alive. Yeah, yeah, wild, look crazy cool. Great comedic effect. moment though, where where they're like they got Milton and Harley's like ooh, <laughs> and she's like I've been with you guys this whole time. I don't know anymore. Yeah, and he's like. And Bloodsport's like, he came in with us? <laughs> he like, was still here? Yeah. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that gets spliced in with uh, them accidentally setting the explosives off when Polka Dot Man turns around and, and throws his Polka Dots. It triggers the the fuse, which starts to blow off everything prematurely, which we had already felt mm-hmm. an explosion in the scene with the Thinker. Um, and the Thinker got snatched up by Starro and gets ripped apart, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's the cool... I like... He's, like, pleading with them or whatever, but what he does is he rips... He has his arms ripped around. He rips one arm and one leg off and then swings them up and, like, into he just the, pff, into splatters the up against the window. It's really it. funny. Yeah, so the building starts to fall apart and we're following uh, Bloodsport and Harley Quinn and and the King Shark and... It's, it's kind of like a cool Uncharted moment where they're sliding around and then the tank bursts. It is an Uncharted moment. Yeah, and like those little aliens come in and they find out that they're parasitic and they start to eat the king shark. I thought he was going to die. I thought he moment. was too because they chase his ton of blood like yeah. as it goes under the water. And I was like, no, no, and then no he, way. And then it turns out to be fine because he's just invulnerable. He falls off the building and gets shot a bunch. And there I thought he up. was dead. Like he hits the ground. And I was like, okay, well, that's yeah, that's pretty nope. final. Nope. He, he just stands he up and he's like, He almost Whoa. dies like six times, it seems like. Um Oh, James Gunn says uh, trivia here because I think this is the scene. Oh, we missed it. It was in the beginning. James Gunn says his favorite shot in the movie is um... James Gunn's favorite shot in the film is when King Shark rips a man in half. King Shark was CGI, but his victim was a dummy with prosthetics. Oh, cool! Lots of practical effects in this movie too. That is a cool moment. Even though there's a ton of CGI, like with Starro or whatever, but like there's that one part where that King Shark like bites the guy's head off and his like CG his like. That, that's a prosthetic head that's like chilling in his mouth that's like looking yeah, around yeah. or whatever yeah super cool really cool um so the the building falls they all get out but Bloodsport gets uh he like drops from his extension cable that then falls out of the wall and he does like this Indiana Jones 4 type of comedic thing where it's like he should be dead where each level he's falling to a different level and then it it gets us to the moment that we had been cliffhangered on which is Peacemaker about to kill um, rat catcher and they he like drops and they're staring at each other and this scene is awesome with, yeah. with the with the, the wide sh- shot of the the ballroom with yeah. like the both pointing guns it's like yeah. ah one perfect shot baby and so Peacemaker shoots this big 45 like hollow tip bullet 
and uh, Bloodsport shoots this smaller, like, 22 that goes through the bullet, breaks it, and gets Peacemaker in, like, the neck or something, and he falls over. He gets, uh, he gets like, jugular. Yeah, and he's, like... <laughs> Which is surprising. He's, that like, how? And he's, like, that. smaller bullets, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we missed that, that line from the, the beginning that I really like, where after the thing, was like, no one, like, they're doing the thing with all the killing the people in the camp, and he's, like, no one likes to show off. He's, like, unless what they're showing off is cool Dope as, as fuck. fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, like, damn, that's, that's tricky. <laughs> Yeah, so he saves the rat catcher. They get outside, um, and this is this is the money shot, man. So the Starro breaks out, destroys the tower. So fucking starts cool. flinging starfishes from his armpits, and they start to land on everybody. Who then proceeds to fall over. Our Suicide Squad friends are like covering their face and stuff like that. And this is such a cool moment where it's kind of like the White Walkers, you know in Game of Thrones where they, they then all start to kind of like rise up around and they start to follow Starro into town which is um, just such a cool shot to see them all like kind of like looking up at him and then following with just like leaving the Suicide Squad behind because they're yeah. just like not important or he doesn't know about them he just doesn't give a fuck yeah he's like I'm gonna go for the town this town's mine <laughs> he says that like several <laughs> yeah, times yeah like he's like I oh he ha- I like that he, he controls the mouths of like all the people that is like these subjects the zombie, the Starro zombies. Yeah, it's just like I'm Starro the Conqueror, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, and this, and this plate, this this island belongs to me. Um, is this the shot where we get, or is it when they turn around and run where we get Suicide Squad versus? It's when he jumps out of the the tower. I think that's when it happens because he breaks yeah. out and there's a freeze frame and it's. The Suicide Squad versus Star of the Conqueror. Yeah. And I was like, that is some Scott Pilgrim ass bullshit. And yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, so, so they, uh, Waller gets the communications back up with them um, and tells them that they completed their mission because they got the disc and they're good to go. And then uh, Bloodsport, you know, he has a change of heart as they're walking away. And he's like, you know what? We're going to go save these people. They turn around, they start walking after Starro, everyone's on board, and it looks like Waller's about to blow their head off, and then she gets knocked out by her own employees. In a great bit of acting, too, by... By um, Davis. By Viola Davis. She's yelling, she's doing the thing, and it's like, I'm getting anxious, and this is what I told you in the car, is like, given what we know about, like, James like James Gunn's affinity for, you know, twists, and for dark darkness in the movies, like, I was genuinely worried that, like, someone was gonna get blown up, and, like, uh because they set up that thing in the bus of like peacemate of Bloodsport and Ratcatcher 2 being like you know you remind me of my daughter I'll get you out of here alive I'll get you out of here alive and they could have that like emotional moment with each other and I was like so terrified that they were gonna kill one of one of the two of them Mm -hmm. and then it would be like well I just risked us we have to kill this thing because I just risked us going in here or I he gave his life to let us go in here. Yeah. And I was imagining what the final fight with a rat catcher, polka dot man and King shark would have looked like without like blood sport, but I'm glad they all survived. It was great. Yeah. Well for now, for now. Um, but yeah, so they, uh, (laughs) her employees knock her out and they, uh, uh, they start to do like the guy in the chair thing and help them with their mission. And we get a great line drop of, uh, the lady who knocked out Amanda Waller being like, Jerry, get on the radar, you fucking dickhead. Get on the fucking radar. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so this final fight is really cool. We get our Avengers yes. comp where Bloodsport is talking to the team about what they're going to do. I love the, you know, Harley, can you get up top? You know, in all way, 
that's monster nom nom monster nom nom <laughs> and he goes after and, and I, I liked <laughs> him running in the little shorts like getting like kind of like working up to a jog speed. and then gets yeah. some speed and then he like jumps and he like fucking goes yeah. flying it was and great. I love him looking at polka dot man he's like you see what that thing is that's your mom and he like gets out and it's, it's a giant, giant version it's so of his funny mom. it's a cool it's such a cool CG of, like effect like the the scaling effect of like how this giant Karen and yeah. then like the buildings around it it's, it was just it, I love yeah. that shot so much yeah so polka dot man blasts his leg off with the polka dots but then gets swatted and uh after he declares that he's a real superhero then he gets smashed and unfortunately lose our polka dot man which was very upsetting very upsetting in the moment um we get this just this really great action where you know the the amount of people are beginning to overwhelm them. It looks like King Shark getting ragdolled a bunch. Harley's on these buildings that are falling apart. Um, I really like that Bloodsport. Bloodsport uses like nan- like you said, like nanotech technology. And there's yeah. the shot of him adding. He takes physical He's, things off of his armor and puts it on his gun for it to change and evolve for him to shoot the gun yeah and what i like is that in that final fight where he's like getting surrounded by zombies he's, he's taking things off and you can see it like his costume is changing and then yeah. by the end he's like Got searching nothing. for nothing on his thing it's, it's, really, it's really cool yeah really cool so they, yeah they're definitely cornered up and uh uh, rat catcher is able to save the day. She summons all of the rats. She says that this world, this doesn't belong to Starro. It belongs to them. It belongs to them. <laughs> yeah, which is just such a such a crazy thing to say. So fucking. It's awesome. very like Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, so, they call her Ratatouille. Yeah, I love like, that. Ratatouille. You, you, got, you, eyes you got eyes on Ratatouille. Yeah. So all the rats, which I think rats are disgusting, and there's a lot of rats in this movie. I would be like Bloodsport, but she's like covering him up because they're running over him, and he's terrified. But the rats kind of start to climb up Sorrow, and they're just kind of like thwarting him a little bit and kind of swarming around him. And Harley figures out what the javelin is used for. She runs and jumps. She found its purpose. And it pierces through the eye into like the pupil. And then the rats climb up and they all start to pour in and start to gnaw on its brain from the inside. And yeah. it's just gross. It's really gross. It's but really it's like disgusting. I saw someone on Reddit point this out where it's like, it's this beautiful shot of Harley like swimming in water and it's like all shiny but then you see these fucking rats <laughs> coming in the thing and they're like gnawing on these like veins and yeah, everything like, it's so funny it's 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 really crazy absurd yeah but yeah so they eat the they eat Starro from the inside out and he falls over and he dies you know and and then we get the the line that I really like the humanization Starro line where it's like one of his zombies is like I was happy yeah. <laughs> floating in space or whatever. Yeah, I was happy floating amongst the stars. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, Star. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, feel, I do feel bad for him. But yeah, so they win. King Shark's still alive. They're very happy to see him. Ratcatcher goes over and gives him a hug because they're friends. Yeah. Uh, they kind of like memorialize Polka Dot Man a little bit by taking a piece of his uniform, but he's like a puddle now. And uh, Harley and Bloodsport agree that they could both be friends, which is good. And she's like, I could be your friend. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. It's really heartfelt. They talk to Waller, and they're like, we can either, you can let us walk as free people, or we can drop this to the press. Um, And she she is unable to control them anymore, and they get to walk away as free people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bloodsport's kid sees him saving democracy on the TV, and she gets very proud of that. Yeah, we should say that we get the amazing shot of while Ratcatch was doing the swarm thing, it's like cuts back to the, like her and Taika Waititi sitting on the clock tower or whatever. Yeah. It's like, 
why rats? He's like, they're the loneliest of creatures. <laughs> and if they have purpose, so do we. Yeah. And it's like, wow, what a fucking line. And then it it cuts, zooms out, and then it's like her with tears in her eyes, like doing yeah. the thing. And it's a really powerful shot. <laughs> Tyka's in this movie. fucking movie. What a good about a CG starfish destroying a town, getting ripped apart by rats. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so the Suicide Squad wins. Yep. Um, we see that Waller is very. Uh, she's looking at her employees she's like, like she's up to something. She's like, "Fuck these." And guys. you were like, "You were like, I can I can see her having a open up a box a with her with employees' their, yeah. faces." Yeah, and then right before the credits roll, we see Weasel's corpse still on the beach, and he spits up water and he gets up and walks away. So he's still alive. So random. Uh, we also should mention there's they're in the helicopter, uh-huh. and, and they there's all like fall asleep. they're all falling asleep, and then it's like Jurassic Park, and then. Uh, but Bloodsport has Sebastian. Sebastian crawls onto his leg, and he's like able to kind of pet him and like yeah. conquer a fear. Um, yeah, Weasel, man, what a weird, what a weird, what sentence. a weird thing. Yeah, and then the actual post-credit scene is is Waller tasked two of her employees, outside Dave and and this blonde woman to uh, to. Uh, be in charge of like this peacemaker project and we see that peacemaker's still alive she's like we were able to she was like we were able to salvage him or whatever like he was like he he had to go through his extreme resuscitation he's still in a coma but like he'll pull through he'll pull through yeah and that's yeah that's the hbo show so he's coming on hbo max there to confirm that and that's the movie that's the movie we did our best to i think we did a pretty damn it's a pretty straightforward plot yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a rat killing a starfish um but yeah, so I guess we'll do what we normally do. So we yeah, do what are your you got your three won, questions? Yeah, so what's your favorite part? Favorite what are the scene? Three, the favorite th- favorite scene? Who won the movie? And then ratings and rankings. Ratings and rankings. Uh, well, I'm gonna pull up. Um, I'm gonna try and find our last ranking because okay. I know we had it all. Ra- yeah, there. I got it. Cool. Um, so favorite scene. Mm-hmm. I still think my, it's a toss up. My two favorite my two favorite scenes are the Bloodsport Peacemaker Dick Measuring Contest and the Harley Quinn escape from the the Citadel whatever. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean Harley Quinn just because I've wanted to see that forever now and yeah. then he's finally is the best realization of that moment. And I love the soundtrack, I love the visual effects. I just think that scene is like immaculate start to finish. Yeah, I would go I would go with that or I would go with the um probably like the the Avengers cap giving the orders where he's just like telling them all what to do. I think that yeah. those are probably my two favorite, but uh, who won for you? I think it's pretty This clear. is a complicated question, I think, but I, I think, think James, Gunn, James wins. Gunn wins. I think he definitely <laughs> wins. He definitely wins because he gets his revenge against Disney a little bit. Maybe not monetarily, but definitely critically. But I think also it's just like he got so much creative freedom. Like it's it would, There's so many good parts of this movie, but it's all from his mind. I mean, yep. he wrote the whole thing and directed it. And this is just like a great example of him at the height of his powers and what he can do with like a limitless budget and a like a blank notepad so i think that yeah you can make a case for james as the winner or it yourself but maybe he's already he yourself is like it's totally respectable actor though like i think that you can make a case for harley too but she kind of won the movie in birds of prey dave desmalchin <laughs> dave desmalchin could be the winner he now he's like a leading man yeah he's yeah. in the top thing john um, cena John Cena is amazing, but he's just came off the Fast Nine train. I know. Yeah. Gave a great perform- Oscar worthy blockers. Here's here's what I would throw out, and I know that it can't win because we're talking about who and not what. Yeah. I think DC might. Have, oh. DC might win. That could be the winner. The problem the is, DC, is that you or just DC. 
DC in general, like I think that this is an, an excellent, not only is it an excellent film, but I think that it is also an excellent entry into the canon that is the legacy of DC Comics. Like yeah. I can see this being a movie I go back and rewatch. Oh, for sure. And really enjoy it, and like remember, I'll remember it very fondly. And so I'm, I think that this is just a win for comic book fans and fans of good movies. I agree. Just fans of good movies. And so uh, the problem, though, with that is that I think that this movie is going to lose money. And I think it will. That, um, I think that that's a shame. It's not its because, fault, though. Yeah, it's not its fault. It deserves so much more than I think it's going to get. Yeah, go get vaccinated, everybody. Yeah, get vaxxed. Maybe in 2022, they'll re-release this next summer. Or I've something. been wondering if they're going to do that. With I think some they'll of do that with a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Try and try and get some get some money back. I'll go. I'll definitely buy the the Blu-ray, so they'll get another twenty bucks from me. Yeah. So. Something we should mention before we get to like reviews, like to the ranking part of everything, is that we saw this with a shitty crowd. Mm. Like, it, worth it was noting, a Monday afternoon. It was a Monday afternoon <laughs> at in, three p.m. In, in Cleveland, Ohio. In uh, yeah, in Cleveland, outside of Lakewood, very old crowd. It seems older crowd. No kids. No kids. It wasn't very. F- it, like, Obviously, it's rated R, so you might not take a kid to this anyway. But. There are not like teenagers. There yeah. are no like sixteen. Yeah, no college year olds. kids. Yeah, or, no or college kids. Like uh, so we were the only two people laughing for most of the movie. It was and weird. <laughs> I should. There was a guy sitting next to me, a couple seats over, and that would look at me when I laughed loudly. And I think that he was uncomfortable with me laughing, or maybe he just didn't like the movie at all, and he was like, "Why are these guys laughing? At yeah. this? this is not funny." So. I would love to see this. I hope I get the chance to see this in a packed theater because that's a, that's the way to see this movie is you want a crowd of people laughing. Like definitely, this is a good movie. This is probably a good movie to put on like pregame, <laughs> going out to the bars with friends or whatever. Put yeah. this movie on and just like drink like while you're watching. It's a good. It's a it's it's a laugh. It's funny. It's sentimental toward the end, but like uh, it's just a I don't know. Real good. Yeah. Real real good. All right. So what was the next question? We gotta rank. We gotta rank it and rate it. Okay. I'll rate it first. You want to do... Let's do... So, do you want to do the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, our list so far goes... Number one, Shazam. Number two, Wonder Woman. Number three, Man of Steel. Number four, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number five, Birds of Prey. Number six, Aquaman. Number seven, Wonder Woman 84. Number eight, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Number nine, Justice League. And number ten, Suicide Squad. I think... I'm thinking this movie makes me like Birds of Prey more than Zack Snyder's Justice League, but we already sealed that. But that's just my personal thought. Um, sure. <laughs> I think I think we both agree that this is number one. Yeah, I so think that Suicide Squad's bookend our list, which is weird. <laughs> it's it's it's, a, al- it's, it's almost poetic. Tale of Two Cities. It's almost poetic yeah. that they bookend the series because yeah, I I love Man of Steel as a movie. Mm-hmm. Like I know that that's the one that we had the, the biggest fight I think about about Our friendship on small part placement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with Wonder Woman too. I don't think Wonder Woman is number two. If yeah. my list would go, this list right here, how I would have it rate, rated, I would have Shazam is number one, Man of Steel is number two, Zack Snyder's Justice League is three, and then Wonder Woman would probably be below Aquaman. Wow. Why do you hate women, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> I hate the third act of that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that like everything with yeah. Ares is terrible. Yeah, I don't like the payoff at all. I, Such a big first world white man problem to not uh, want to honor the achievements of womankind. No, you know what? I I'll stand with up, you, ladies. I'll put it above. He Aquaman. wants to put it below Aquaman. <laughs> no, I'll put it above Aquaman. Below Birds of Prey, above Aquaman. That sounds right. So then, but it's like Man of Steel, great movie. Mad, it's not better than it is. Has a weird third act. Yeah. And like some weird stuff with 
Well, that's the rules. that's the DC problem for a lot of these movies. Is the I mean, the Aquaman third act sucks. You know, third act of of BVF is, is obviously crazy. So there's a couple third act issues with a lot of these. They don't know how to end their. They're stuff all too really bloated. Well. They just go on and go on and go on, and then they end. And it's usually not good. Nope. But this one is very concise. Yes. I, um, I think that Shazam is the only thing where it's like, you know, I love the heart of Shazam. I love the emotional story of Billy Batson and the family coming together and just the good-natured, wholesome Sam Raimi-style movie that Shazam is. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't make an argument that the Suicide Squad is worse than it. So I think that, yeah, I think without hesitation, I think I'd put this firmly at number one. Yeah. What would you give it on the the scale this is an interesting question do you yeah. remember what we gave shazam i think we gave it an eight really that's it an eight? i thought it was an i think eight. maybe i gave it an eight five would you give this a, a nine or an eight five like a eight five with like a tiebreaker i might give this i might give the suicide squad a nine okay or a nine five i think that this movie is almost this for... movie has everything that i look for in a movie it has heart it has emotion it has comedy action well executed story well-executed characters, a clear, concise narrative through the whole thing. No bloat. I feel like this movie is very lean for it being two hours and 12 minutes. It's lean. Like, there's not... I feel like there's no wasted second in this movie. It's really good. It's a really, really good movie. And I think that I will enjoy it more with time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'd, I'd throw it up there. Maybe if we're going... If we're going patented Radiovania 20 point scale, it's gonna sit for me at a nine today. Okay. But with room to grow. With room to grow. Room for more. <laughs> what a perfect way to end. Yeah, I would give it a nine too. I wish I could have saved that at the end as our like. That would have been a good we could... <laughs> Maybe just clip that audio out and then end it. Um, but yeah, I would give it a nine. Yeah, I think it's it's easy. It's it's an easy number one. I think that it's leagues better. Than the than the stuff that's on the bottom. Like I mean, this is just such a it's such a win for them. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's it. That's Upcoming DCEU movies, I guess. It's like Batman. the Batman is scheduled for twenty twenty two. We'll have to decide whether or not we feel like that if they loop it somehow into. I think we'll just do a review pod about it. Just I don't about know if it. We need to like add it to this. Add it to this show. Uh, Black Adam 2022 it looks like they're filming that right now Rock's been tweeting out a bunch of photos from set The Flash 2022 those are all supposed to come out next year Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom 2022 and Shazam Fury of the Gods 2023 wait those are Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom that's what Google's saying that's weird Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom it's all gonna get pushed it's all gonna get pushed all of it Even even the Batman, I think that yeah. all all twenty twenty two movies will be delayed. I think twenty twenty one movies are even in trouble. I think if Batman's like targeted at summer twenty twenty two, maybe it'll be like Christmas twenty twenty two. I think it still could come out next year, just like later in the year. Yeah. So you will have to wait and see. Will any of these movies top the Suicide Squad? That's the question. Will I we think, have a new? I think the victory? Batman could, but I don't think it's fair to rake rate that with the dceu because yeah. it looks like it could be like a, a dark knight level of I, movie in I the same way that joker is the only one of these that because joker would probably be number one if we had to rate like maybe just below suicide squad oh joaquin phoenix joker yeah well if that's we just like that's list? just like a better critically acclaimed movie overall you know what i mean i don't like rewatching it but if you look at the list it would probably be rated better than shazam i would never watch it again i probably <laughs> You like Man of Steel more than Joker? No. You think? <laughs> Do you like Joker more than Wonder Woman? 
Yes, for so sure. So Zach likes crazy people more than women. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, I don't know where that would go. Yeah. I, I think I think it's a better made... Th- it's a more... It's a more poignant movie than The Suicide Squad is, but I think I had, I'll have, I, I enjoyed the experience of watching The Suicide yeah, Squad. I never want to watch Joker again if I can avoid it. Sure, it's it's tough. So it's a tough watch. It's a tough um, watch. It's a tough hang. The Joker. I, I think that the only thing on this upcoming list of DCEU movies that could beat out The Suicide Squad is The Flash. Oh, because of Keaton. If they if they're able to pull off what if they're able to pull off a fla- a big budget tentpole flashpoint movie that could be really special they just could have be a to game commit. changer they have to commit 100 percent. they can't waffle they can't it can't be lame like we were talking in the car last night like what if ben affleck's in like 10 minutes of this movie and like or whatever it's like you gotta do it you gotta you gotta go full hog you can't <laughs> you can't you can't pussyfoot around this flashpoint movie so yep but we'll have to wait and see john that's gonna be a long time in the future thank you everyone for joining us on episode 80 what is it Episode 85 slash DC in review, episode 11. Um, you can follow us at Zachratello, at Najathan Parker, Radiovania Show at gmail.com, Radiovania.com for all of our episodes. John, give me a, a the, give me a Suicide Squad quote and a The Suicide Squad to end this episode. I don't want to quote Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, I'll quote it. All right, you do Suicide Squad. I'll, I'll do, suicide do squad. The Suicide right. Squad. I would have I would avoid her. She's got the soul of a man and her sword or whatever the quote is. <laughs> Tell me, man, what kind of dog do you think that is over there? That's my quote. That's your quote? Hmm? What what? Oh, is that about Weasel? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs>